Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Big Week in Gaming podcast, and it's been a big week in gaming. I'm into God for episode 40 on Sunday, the 18th of April 2021. As always, I'm joined by the official P3 nominated and approved Xbox Hall of Famer and number one challenger to the mantle of the greatest Xbox RPG player in the world, Swinney. Hello. And the game loving, grind hating, two one dollar coffee drinking, gamer, anti gamer, and slightly less interrupter, but Run sheet ruiner and strange mask wearer, Mike. Hello, wonderful people of the internet. <laughs> In this week's show, we'll be discussing highlights from Nintendo's big Nindy showcase. Could Square Enix be up for sale? And we investigate our Game of Summer of the Year 2011 nominee, Ale Noir. Mm. First off, plugs, plugs, plugs. You can hit us up on all the social medias at Bigwig Pod. Uh, or reach out to us directly at bigwigpod at gmail.com. Uh, no corrections this week, Swinney, I believe. Just, no, no corrections. This is like I'm just how we open the show. I, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I, I'm off my game. I'm off my game. Actually, uh, but we'll get, we'll get there. there. We'll get there. There is a correction because I've been saying dot emu for the publisher that does, you know, the beat 'em ups and all those kind of things. And listening to the Nintendo Indie World, they call it dotemu. It's like three syllables. Dotemu. Dotemu. How do you spell it? D-O-T-E-M-U. So I was reading it as dot emu. Ah. Yeah. It's the Aussie in you. So there you go. The Western. Did you say it correctly, Swinny? Wait. I I, I don't think he's ever said it. There you go. I don't hear him say it, yeah. Uh, So quick quick updates before we uh, get to what we've been playing, but... I cannot believe we didn't mention this. This, uh, I feel quite ashamed of myself that... Uh, analog, they had the Super NTs up for sale and the NT Mini Noirs uh, just for a few hours in the case of the Super NTs and then maybe about 12 hours for the NT Mini Noir and Swinney. Is there any updates on your end? Yeah, I managed to score myself a Super NT. We're majority Analog boys now. And I Two out of three. Man, just sitting there like... Trying to add to cart, oh, yeah. trying to add to cart, and this. it's just like it just has an error each time you try to add to cart. So I had two, I had Chrome open and I had Firefox open, and I'm like alternating. Which click, one? Click, 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 and Chrome one out. Yeah. Because so. how long did it take you to add to cart? Like twenty minutes. Ah, uh, so I, you know, I don't know why because I'm sick. I randomly was up at that time because it was about one a.m. Australian time. And I was like, oh, I might jump onto this train of pretending I'm ordering it. And I saw that that was that problem. And then I found that if you click it really quickly, it like overloaded it and would just add it to your cart within like so a few seconds. <laughs> that's possibly, I was doing, I was so trying. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I think that's how I ended up getting it to work eventually. Yeah. Actually, I think I'm incorrect. I think it was maybe about 10 minutes to get it to that. I was confusing that with the queue. Oh. So then they put you into a queue. Yeah, I got and, around the queue, so. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not a dirty hacker like you. <laughs> um, and I was in that queue for like 25 minutes or something. Damn, and son. Damn. I was, it was pretty late. It was after one o'clock and I'd had a pretty busy day. I was worried about falling asleep. 
and I'm like, I'm going to miss this. It's going to like load. I'm not going to do it, and then I'm going to miss. But no, I ended up getting you got it. So. So you beat the bots. And what did yes. you get? Like what? Because there's so Mike. There's a black Super NT. There's one that looks like the one that we had in Australia and uh, and and Europe and also Japan. Mm-hmm. And then there's the US style. I'm guessing you didn't get the US style. Which one did you get, Swinny? I got the I got the best of them all. The black one. The black one, no. obviously. Okay, no, you got the one that I, I got. I, I got the Super Famicom, aka Pal Sness. That's the right one. Yeah. That's okay, right one. Eh, that one's all right. Yeah, they've. Um, I just saw on uh, Reddit that some people have already received theirs. Hmm. Yeah, I got In a the US message. Though, I, I assume. Yeah, I got a message uh, saying mine should be next week. Sometime. Oh, that's sick. Awesome. Cool. Looking forward to seeing it. And um, also, I should mention that the Analog Duo, which was announced last year in October, still isn't even up for pre-order. So I'm kind of doubting that's even going to come out this year. So what does it do? The Duo. Uh, so it's Turbo Graphics PC Engine, and like Turbo CD or like these kind of you know NEC consoles. It's the never came out in Australia, as far mm-hmm. as I remember, Sony. Um, but it was, you know, in Japan, big in Japan, and then the small market in the US. So mm-hmm. we covered it on the show, Mike, before you graced us with your presence. So yeah. I'll send uh, you a link and you will not watch it. Before we lost our minds and added you to the show. Sounds like a great plan. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you guys were thinking. Uh, other quick or not up- thinking. Other quick updates. Picross Could be S- something I slipped in your drinks. Who knows? Uh, qu- another quick update. Picross S6 uh, is coming out 22nd of April, which is just in a few days. I've still got backlog on other Picross games, but I love these games, and I know you do too, Swinney. Uh, the Blizzard Arcade Collection has added two games for free. Uh, so we had mentioned it before, and Swinney actually mentioned Lost Vikings 2. It was a bit of a shame it wasn't in that collection. Well, now it is, Swinney. And RPM awesome. Racing. And, and the, yeah, biggest, the biggest news? The biggest well, update. yeah, so this is, this is a funny one. So it, we mentioned the Animal Crossing Build-A-Bear thing. And as I said, it was about $75 Australia. So it's just like an Isabel $75 and then a Tom Nook $75. Uh, Vooks, so the Australian Nintendo website, it's a really cool website. We've done a few reviews for them. Um, they posted on Twitter and I saw it. I was like working and I saw this notification. Maybe it was like an hour later or something. Working. They're like on sale. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'll just grab it. It's sold out already. <laughs> I was like, Damn. wow. <laughs> like, how, how many did they have? Dude, I don't know. But when I checked it, it looked like it sold out in 10 minutes. Did you I'm not surprised. listen to the warning from the, heed the warning from the US UK launch? You know, that thing sold out within an hour. I, dude, it sold out. I think they said in like two minutes in the US. Yes. <laughs> like, it was, that was really insane. I don't know, but like sometimes it's not like that in Australia. And, you know, mentally I was a bit like, eh, how much am I really passionate about this? So sometimes I'll do that. Like with Fire Emblem, 30th anniversary, I was like, should I buy it? Should I not? And then it so, got sold out. So I was kind of happy. So it, turn- so it turns out it wasn't potential counterfeit Amiibo cards that's <laughs> going to cause a divorce. It's missing out on an Animal Crossing build thing. No, I don't think my wife knows too much about it. And she doesn't listen to the podcast. I've got this new idea because it's very hard to come up with birthday ideas. So I've got this new idea. Uh, Have you guys seen Cameo? No. So Cameo, yeah, of course. yeah I know yeah, Swinny would be that, across it. That's like the wrestler's favorite income. Yeah, yeah. so ca- Mike, you got to mm. jump on Cameo.com. You can ju- I'll, okay. I'll give you permission to jump on it now. Okay. So basically it's, it's for <laughs> C-grade, generally C-grade, D-grade celebrities. And you can ask them for like, say, 50 bucks. Can you send a message oh, to someone? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are you going to use? So I, like, I, you know, oh, probably... Lily yeah. Allen. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm going to find someone that my wife cool. would like... 
and I'll get them to do some kind of birthday message because she would love that kind of stuff. Whereas I would hate it with a passion. <laughs> there was a, a limited time uh, cameo offer where you could get The Undertaker to do the cameo. The Undertaker? Cameos. Yeah, it was limited. It was oh, like Dennis only Rodman. for like 50, p- 50 cameos or something. I just it find it weird. hilarious how much we people price clan. themselves. It's like quite a weird thing. Well, let's see how much uh, let's see how much Rodman prices himself. And w- w- I just want to have a quick question on the cameo thing. So seven hundred and fifty Swin- bucks, Swinny. How much would you have to be paid for you to do the cameos? I find something cheaper. Me? Yeah. Fuck. Everyone's got a price. Know. I don't know. I'd do it for like ten bucks. Yeah, I know you would. Well, You're a whore. What, how much? How much? How long do you usually normally have to say something? It's like usually like thirty seconds. Ah, oh, it's like a minute or two most. Like it's pretty quick. Um, I don't know. Give give me fifty bucks. Really. Man, I feel like embarrassed. I, I I think I'd be like five hundred or something like that. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Can't you put yourself on a pedestal? No, it's not a pedestal. I don't want to do it. But then I think, mm. well, I don't want to do it. But you asked me. I assumed in a, it was a situation where I had to. do it. No, you don't it. have like, to. No, I'm saying and I had to price it. I'm not saying you have to do it. I'm saying how much would you do it if someone was like, "Hey, I'm going to give you fifty bucks. Would you do it?" Because I wouldn't do it if they said it's fifty bucks. I'm like, I'm not going to. Look at some video, record some video, and send it to someone. It's so like awkward. Why not, dude? I don't for even 50 like bucks, calling. Fifty bucks, you wouldn't people. do it. Mike would do it for free. Mike said ten dollars. I would do it for free. I'll do it. I'll do it for your wife for free. And yourself. To I cameo. will do your wife for free. I'm I, telling you this right yourself, now. If you want idiot. to, I will do it for free. Mike, <laughs> can you please add yourself on cameo as a big okay. big gaming celebrity, and then just okay. charge a dollar? <laughs> just sure. charge a dollar. Sure, oh, I will. <laughs> this is how we'll build our channel. That's my project this week. <laughs> Yeah, can you please do it? I want to. If you do it, do it, I'll join and get your first cameo. I'll, I'll pay for the need. first cameo. Okay, it's proof. It's me. <laughs> um, maybe I'll just cover quickly what I've been playing. So I said last week, La Noir. So this week I've been getting stuck in uh, Deus Ex: Human Revolution. So I'm about uh, maybe two thirds the way through that game. Oh, that's pretty good. I didn't. It didn't click at Very all. Good. And I said I was playing and it was starting to click. I'm. I'm actually like really into that game now. Like. Just rolling with it. It's real fun. Um, once, you, once you get out of the first kind of like location, I think that's where the game really picks up. I think it's also like these kind of games, I don't generally do the whole stealth thing, but the game does have a nice... Like, we don't want to cover it too deeply, obviously, but yeah. the game Shh. does give Save you it for the podcast. good incentives to do the stealth stuff. So it kind of naturally gets you doing those things, which is really fun, the way that they do it. They don't force you. I really like the way it's been balanced and designed. Uh, and then Skyrim, I'm about 80% the way through the main quest. How do you... F- how the and then I'll just start like so playing random... I don't have so much time. And then I'll just do some random stuff. Like I um... reckon you wrote a bot to play it for you. <laughs> yeah, I could. I just don't see how you play it that, that much. <laughs> I, I'm really going through these games quickly. I'm not like... Smelling the roses like I normally do in these games. So Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So that's me. How about you, Mike? What have you been playing? LA Noir, that's pretty much it. And I didn't even Well you were covering it. it, so you finished it, right? Well no, I haven't. That's the problem. <laughs> and I actually spent as much time as I possibly could this week, which admittedly wasn't a lot of time. But you but played it before, right? I did, but this, I got okay. further than I did last time. So look, look, I'm probably oh, like eighty percent of the way through. Okay. I just I've never beaten it, no. But we'll talk about that in, in a sec as well. And I got back into Cyberpunk, so I played that a little bit, not too much. And I actually started Deus Ex as well. So nice. pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm actually looking forward to maybe in a year's time playing Cyberpunk. 
it'd be a different game. I think you're going to love it. Yeah. And how about you, Swinny? So I actually went to uh, try and remind myself uh, how L.A. Noir feels a bit, and then uh, found out that game's not backwards compatible. So Really? Uh, no, it's So not. you didn't play it? Well, I've beaten the game before. So yeah, but... I went to this week We're different people to play now, man. It, but unfortunately, I'm like, okay, well then, I just... Rem- I kind of refreshed myself on a lot of the narrative stuff yeah. more so than there is anything. Mm. Um, but yeah, so for this week... Uh, I, again, I, I just got this image, Swinny, of you throwing it in the bin. You're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> and just throw the disc in the bin. It's not backwards compatible. <laughs> so I've been very laser-focused on my uh, third gaming resolution, which is the 250... RPG completions. Yep. So, how's that going? Well, I notched another two completions on there this week. So, the nice. first is a game that I started a little while back, but I was only like an hour in and then uh, picked up and then put about 15 hours into it, which is a game I absolutely adore called oh. Cat Quest 2. Ah, oh, you're into that. You okay. Did tell me about it because I started playing number one and then you're like, oh, play number two. So yeah, Cat Quest 2, when I first played it um, probably about two months ago, I thought, oh, this is neat. But then since I picked it back up and got far into it and obviously completed 100% of it, mm-hmm. man, I love that game so much. It's so cool. It's yeah. it's a game that I think a lot of people will dismiss just based on not only the name, but also just like looking on, let's say, on, on the Nintendo eStore. They're like, okay, that looks like some, you know, shovelware kind of game. It's It's not, it's... It's got a lot of depth to it. Mm. It's really, really mm. awesome. For anyone who doesn't know, it's like a top-down action RPG. Kind of like a, a, a neat mix between Zelda and Diablo a bit. Like mm-hmm. it's, I mm. initially thought it was more like a Diablo-style game, but then it then realized it's a bit more like a traditional action RPG. Like it's, it does play like Zelda, but it is an RPG in that sense. It's got like, you know, like actual like leveling and everything like that but uh essentially you've got two characters at any time so there's a dog and a cat character um i think the first cat cat quest was just uh yeah well i think the i believe the first game was just the cat yeah that's right right. yeah and you can swap between them at any time so that means essentially you have two builds that you can manage at any time um yeah as i said game is about 15 to 20 hours if you want to do everything um the story is actually really, really cool. Like, I was shocked. <laughs> and the whole game is nothing but cat puns and dog puns. Nice. So if you love puns, it's just... I awesome. love puns, I love cats, and I love dogs. Like, there's Perfect. there's pun, there's puns, like, there's a cat version of Gordon Ramsay, you know, there's puns around <laughs> a dog coin and all that what, stuff. What's like, the name of the Gordon this... Ramsay cat? Ah, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, unfortunately. I, I think it's like Porden firmsy or something like that like but oh, the yeah. thing's the whole, the whole <laughs> right. no but the whole no but the whole quest the thing is the whole you know it's him because he's like saying fake cuss words and he's wanting you to get his like what are you, an idiot sandwich so i highly highly recommend it the second game that i played this week which i was playing and reviewing but it's been a bit of a busy week is um a game that i'll send you guys clips mm. from and uh, the first clip, Mike's like, what is that? Is that like some dodgy Skyrim or something like that? And you pretty much nailed it. So the game that I played this week was called Ravensword Shadowlands. Ravensword Shadowlands. It actually, it actually came out about, it came out last week or like ten, uh, eight days ago or something. Mm-hmm. But it is actually a port. So that was on Xbox and other consoles, I believe, as well. It was actually an, originally an Android game made released back in 2013. Okay. 
So they, think, they like updated, years... polished it and stuff, or is it the same <laughs> game as back then? Oh, uh, look, it, they've definitely made changes to it Actually, to make it more of a console game, mm-hmm. and it runs pretty well, but... It's, well, you'd hope so. When you, when you look at any of the <laughs> On footage, a Series X. Hey, <laughs> oh, nice. It's like 10 years old. From an Android game from 2013. That's, mm. Well, that's, that's the whole thing. It's like, I wouldn't put it past <laughs> some FPS. of these budget games to still run like crap. <laughs> but it, it caught my eye because, as I said, you know, I'm really focusing on these RPG completions. And it's published by Rata Leica Games. Or I think that's how you say And they are... What else do they do? They are one of... Oh, I'm not going to get into what else they do. I'll just explain what they do. <laughs> the reason why people buy their games. Uh-uh. They are the king of easy achievement games. Ah, oh, of course. Of course. Can we lobby true achievements? He's like yes. lobbying them to change games yeah, into should, RPGs should when they banned. shouldn't be. Yeah. You haven't let me explain. <laughs> so I saw... I haven't... I've never actually played a game by them before because they have never released an RPG. And I saw this oh, one and okay. I'm like... That really looks Unbanned. like an RPG, but it's, it's okay. been the first, it hasn't been categorized yet because it's just come out. Whoa. So here we go. So so I bought it, and hundred percent it is. So it's pretty much is it just, though? It's is like it? and what have you done? Yeah. Have you lobbied true achievements to make it an RPG? I put in a disagreement. There we yeah. go. Look at no, it. No, sorry, cheating. no, no, sorry. I haven't put in disagreement. I've voted like everyone does it. Terrible. Basically, okay. the way it works on true achievements is if you um, if you get the game on your game card which means you unlock one achievement Mm. um within the first i think it's 15 days or so um you then are able to vote and it's community voting so that makes sense um, it's good system but yeah Mm. it's basically like a a d game version of skyrim and honestly it's actually it's kind of charming in many ways like it's crap but it's kind of the kind of crap where you, you know it's it's kind of fun in, in the same way. It's like, you know... I can picture that. Is, yeah. it, is this the one where you had the sword on the outside of your character's model? Like on yeah, the that's end? the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like With the, the dinosaurs sword. and shit. Yeah, and the dinosaurs appearing out of nowhere. Literally out and, of nowhere. And I got the inventory to wrap around on itself because it's like a horizontal scrolling inventory and suddenly all the potions were overlaying with all the armor and everything. I, I had um, a really weird moment with Deus Ex Human Revolution where... A character T posed and then started like <laughs> levitating across the playing field and then merged into like a relaxed pose, like like he was always meant to be there. And I couldn't capture it in time. I was like laughing my ass off. Are you sure you weren't playing Cyberpunk? <laughs> no, that's what I thought. I was trying I was gonna take a like a video of it and show you guys and go, look at this cyberpunk human so, revolution. Anyway, go on. So sorry. this yeah, this game, it actually has physics puzzles, which I was like, wow, like halfway through the game, <laughs> really? they're throwing wow. this out there. Um, and they default it to inverted horizontal camera. <laughs> oh, like, who, who does that? Who defaults to that? But <laughs> A shout out to our uh, friend, Chris. Hey, he doesn't play horizontal inverted. Just, Just vertical? Um, I don't anyway, know. Yeah. So, Straight to someone better. who probably does it horizontal as well. No, no one does that. That's mm. that's not even so, an analog to anything. No, well, it makes sense, I guess, on a phone because you're like <laughs> on a phone. Well, yeah, because you're kind of like swiping oh, in the direction. Why that's probably yeah, why. Yeah, yeah, that yeah makes shit. Sense. That's so lazy. Well, it doesn't make sense enough. <laughs> so yeah, so that game wow. beat it about four hours. So definitely ah, super four hours, easy completion. Nice. So. so wait, a thousand? How much points was it? in four hours? That's like eight bucks. That's how much he pays for these achievements. He, literally, he pays for achievements now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, I didn't even know if it was an RPG. So part of me, I was more uh, for, on. hey, you, I actually want... No, 
No, I actually have done that quite often. It's kind of like taking one for the community a bit. You're like, okay, I'm going to play this game because no one else seems to be playing it and just decide. <laughs> it's no, a bad put game. In, no, and put in, hey, this is what I think it is, you know, whether yeah. it is on or it isn't. Fair, so fair enough. People, if, the, there's a lot of people in the community who do that. I love how he's willing but, to do this for random people on True Achievements, but he won't review stuff on the show. Hmm. What do you mean? I review That's stuff all the time on the show. We're like, buy this game and do it for the show. And you're like, no, 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 I'll buy it in a year's time when it's cheaper. <laughs> I think I've done more reviews than any of you guys on the show, so you can shut them out. true. Yeah, but um, he only did reviews on RPGs that you were going to so, play anyway. So that is not true. I've reviewed more than RPGs on the show. But anyway, <laughs> let me just finish up. So that brings me up to, in my goal, uh, 18 out of 31. So uh, getting there. Um, and the, the last game I just wanted to mention was... Um, a game that is a sequel, well, it's a third of a trilogy to a game that I love, and the game is Steven Universe Unleash the Light. Okay. So do you guys, are you guys aware of, of Steven Universe? No. Nope. No. I'm going to look it up now. So Steven Universe is a very popular uh, cartoon show. Is this with a PH? Is this st- Stepan? With a V. Okay. And the, this, what they've done is, over the years, uh, Grumpy Face Studios have made three RPG ah, games I've based on this. this. Right, Yeah, okay. based on yeah, this yeah, franchise. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. And, and I can't speak to the first one. I've only played... So the first one was Attack the Light. Uh, then they made Seek the Light. And this is Steven Universe Unleash the Light. And they're, the, the second game in this game, they're fantastic. They're very Paper Mario-ish. So the second game, Seek the Light, pretty much was like that mixed with... I guess the way you traverse around the town, similar to like you, your South Park um, mm-hmm. stick of truth in that. But this one is very different. Instead of controlling the characters directly, you're moving, you're essentially just pressing up, down, left, right to move the entire screen like one at a time. Like you move, you know, you're just pressing up to move to the next screen, down to the move right, next okay. screen, whatever. And you use the right analog stick to then scan the environment to find secrets and things. And then when you're in battles, that's when it's more like your Paper Mario, South Park, Stick and Truth style, where it's turn-based, but then, you know, you're block. It's action-based as well with the, you know, you're blocking attacks, you know, things like that, like timing it all right. Really, really cool game. I'll probably review it next week if I complete it in time, because it's, uh, yeah, I'm really loving it. No. No Camco games this week? No, no Camco. None were released. Okay. No. Well, I've still got the other one I've got to finish off. COVID 19's finally hit Chemco. <laughs> Chemco <Man>. 19. Chemco <laughs> 19. <laughs> hey, in case you guys are wondering, Lily Allen's doing it for only 250 Okay. And in context, Cameo. Cameo. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to our first bit of news. Uh, so during the week, we had the Nintendo Indie World Showcase. Um, so this kind of came out of nowhere, as it normally does with Nintendo, and we're probably just going to go through the highlights of some of the games that caught our eye. I actually am going to change up your order a little bit, Sweeney. <laughs> Do you want to start with uh, TMT Shredder's Revenge? So a game that got announced last month. It wasn't clear what uh, platforms it was actually going to come to, but now we know it's coming to PC uh, to switch, obviously, and then other platforms seem inevitable as well. Is this is this like a day one purchase for you, Swinny? No, no, definitely not day one. Purchase, oh, okay. But... <laughs> I wanted to no, play it. Like, I wanted I to play co-op with you guys. I mean, like until before, I buy more games like on day one 
than I have ever have doing this show. Yeah, that's true. Still, that's true. but still, like I'm not the kind of person generally buys day one. Hey, you bought that game. shit game with dinosaurs <laughs> for eight bucks on launch. Your point? <laughs> Why don't you buy this so we can play it together? Okay, well, let's talk about the game. Right? Okay, fine. And was the um, reference to you not eating your hat, was that a reference to saying that it's guaranteed to come out on Switch? Yeah, that's yeah. all it was. So basically I said, if it's if it doesn't come out on Switch or is not announced to Switch, I'll eat, pieces, I'll eat part of a hat. Okay. And that's all it was. So excited. I actually messaged you guys like after one o'clock in the morning when this thing was streaming. Mm. Hey, hooray, I don't need to eat. Part of a hat with no context at all, and I just so. I thought that was a totally normal message yeah, for you. I didn't even really one. think about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but how how good does this game look, man? The animation looks, looks incredible. High. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. That, that's that's the only reason I want to mention. I just wanted to bring up the fact that oh, okay, I'm, <laughs> but it doesn't. I'm scot free. I'm all good. Yeah, no, no, it's good that it got um, announced. It seems like they'll. Bring it into a Xbox showcase and a PlayStation State of Play as well at some stage to announce it's on that platform as well. One of the games that I wanted to call out, and I don't think you guys <laughs> thought much of this game, is The Longing. I did. Oh, you I, did. I, Sorry, I, apologies. I, I thought I put it as a yeah. You did. You did the t-shirting thing so Everyone late that I, I didn't did. notice it. Um, yeah. So, like, one thing is, you know, I, I do love games that, and we do have a story about it a bit later. Games that. And not just games, but they do something that you couldn't do in any other medium. And they take advantage of the medium itself. Um, so, like, I think it's quite an interesting game. It was based on, you know, and the, the developer, German developer, develop, developer actually spoke about the reasoning or, like, where he came up with the idea. But essentially, it's about a folklore and an underground king that was there for hundreds of years. But the idea of the game is that the game actually takes place from the moment you start playing it, continues on for 400 real-time days. And so if you walk away from the game, come back, it's, you know, time passes as it does in your real world. That's so cool. And just, like, digging into this game, I, I like, the more I I looked into it, because it's, it's, you know, it's actually already out on Steam. It, it's actually quite weird, like, what they're doing with it. There's, like, multiple endings to this game. So people have like hacked it and seen what the endings are, hmm. and I, so that's so that's just I don't want to know. The fun. It is. I don't even want to know 100% about is ruining it. the fun, right? I almost don't want to know anything about it other than the minimal <laughs> stuff you're talking because I actually want to grab this. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it because I might grab it as well because I want to. Yeah. I want to go on the 400 day journey. Right? Same. But we'll go are, on it together. It's it's it's. I say I just say it's like brutal. This game, like, there's multiple ways it can end, and I was just like, wow, okay, it's interesting. Cool. And don't then I, I didn't anything. look too much into it, so I okay, even good, don't really good, fully know. Good, good, good. And the other bit is, and uh, this is why I love this developer, um, that they've actually put up a trailer, and it's a four hour trailer. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's on YouTube. <laughs> Wow. I, was, I sent it to you. That's it's, awesome. it's a <laughs> it's a four hour trailer, <laughs> and it's just like the characters doing something, and it's all like just footage from the actual game because that's how the I game. I thought he would have made it four hundred minutes. That would have been. I so, can't click it anyway, but thanks. So, like the idea of it is like, hey, you know, you exist in this world, and you can do things. So, if one thing that you can do in this game, in the in the game itself, as time passes, hmm. you can read the entire uh, book of Moby Dick. Like, it has all the text in the game. 
Wow. Like, you can read through it. And, stuff like that. and I think you get, like, unlocks if you do some of this stuff. Huh. And then there's, weird shit, do that. there's weird shit in the game where it's like, you know, you're waiting for a spider to come down. And if you grab the spider, you can explore more of the cave. But the spider can take, like, weeks to come down. <laughs> and you have to, like, when you see it, you have to go get it. <laughs> it's, wow. It looks really fascinating. I love it's To me, it's more just, like, art. Plus a game. Yeah, this is so unique. And I love that kind of stuff. Like, it actually Same. inspired me to go... Because, you know, Mike and I have to publish a game. And I had this crazy idea for a game. Because I'm like, i got to do something really small. Because I've got barely any time, right? Mm. And I had this crazy idea for a small game that's really different. So maybe I'll talk to you about it, Mike. Okay. Um, better hurry up. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> We're going off to a bad start. We're, oh, my God. It's We're certainly <laughs> firmly in the uh, <laughs> disappointing realm for that. All right, uh, do you want to do the third one? And the only people we're really disappointed is ourselves. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Do you want to do the third one, Sweeney? Yeah, so we had uh, Getsufumaden, Undying Moon, which is actually a new Konami-published game. Uh, Not developed by them, but uh, it's a remake of one of their Famicom games from 1987, which is an action platformer. And it seems like they're taking, you know, what was more traditional kind of, you know, just platforming game and adding some more like metroidvania and also roguelite elements and i know often those two don't kind of seem counter kind of to each other but it's i don't know exactly but maybe possibly i think they're talking about dungeons kind of being uh, you know like having that roguelite element to so it's potentially so like randomly maybe, generated kind of thing yes yeah, potentially you go into the dungeons yeah. and it's like that i'm not sure but also people throw array around the term metroidvania without like proper usage all the time so who knows? i've done that before uh, but it's got a very cool uh art style like an ukiyo-e um japanese art style kind of like a it looks really cool yeah it looks neat really and cool art style, yeah. it's it's actually available it's coming out on steam early access uh next month may the 13th mm-hmm. and it's coming out next year on switch and anyone that buy the anyone that buys the steam early access version will actually get a Apparently a copy of the Famicom original um, to play, I guess, on Steam. So that's pretty neat. Mm. Yeah, thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, no, no, no it's interesting. They, yeah, they're, they're still making games, Konami. It's just they're not making AAA games at the moment. Yeah, well, this is, but this even is out of their recent wheelhouse because a lot of their recent games have been things that were um, like collections or like things that you'd expect them to do, like your pro evolution soccer and stuff so to kind of come out with this this is a bit of uh, against what they've recently doing which is great yeah. we need more games from Konami. no that makes sense that makes sense and the next one was aztec forgotten gods yeah i i think this game looks absolutely fantastic um so it's coming essentially to um pretty much every platform um and i believe it's q q4 uh this year and it's set in this kind of like cyber Aztec world. And I just think it looks fantastic. Well, the gameplay looks really, really solid. It looks like it's got a good mix of like character action with um, like traversal where they're running along walls and stuff. But just the look of it, I just think the world looks fantastic. It's mm. developed by the guy, uh, developers that made uh, Malaka. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think this looks great. I think some of these games, like, and I thought especially with this game, I love the way it looked and everything. It's like the game feel that, you know, I'd either need to hear people play it and go, it feels really tight. And then it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like a really tight control game plus this kind of design would be really, really cool. And that's always the thing with these games. Like you you don't get that from this kind of presentation. Uh, The other one was uh, House of the Dead remake. So like, I don't know, House of the Dead... (laughs) 
My gun games are such a shame just because of the technology. Um, and quick story on that, actually, because you know that I'm a huge nerd, so I've got my Super NT hooked up into a CRT TV. Uh-huh. So I've got a really good Trinitron, like a nice size Trinitron, like not one of those huge ones. Um, so it looks really crisp. And for the first time ever, my son, who's about three and a half, I'm like, hey, he's never seen this. I go, I'll, I'll turn it on. Do you want Do you want to see what I played when I was like little like you? And I turned, no, this is no joke. I'm being legit. You can ask my wife. I turned it on and everything like that. Brewed up Donkey Kong uh, Country, Diddy Kong's Quest. And he's like, wow. He actually said, wow. He never says, wow. That's he's so like, cool. this is so cool. He goes, oh, this is cool. And then I go, what do you want? Because we have the flat screen TV right next to the CRT TV. I go, which TV do you want? This one or that one? And he pointed to the CRT. The Trinitron. And I shed a tear and I said, he is my son. <laughs> so yeah like it's a big shame that with you know crts and then transitioning into flat screens and the do you in- reckon they'll come back do you reckon it'll no, be like, the like records no because of the input latency you just can't do it of a crt no on a flat screen tv no 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 no. what i'm saying is do you think crts are going to come back we're no, going to see a comeback crts are extremely toxic the development, like how you make them. Uh, there's a lot of toxic material. They have a lot of toxic material in them themselves. Okay, but there's no way to like make them cleaner. Uh, kind of no, like, you know how record players are back? Yeah, but they're not toxic, right? Like, Well, vinyl's then, not They're super toxic, heavy, but... They're super heavy for like the volume that they take up. But surely, um, surely someone's going to be like, you know what? We can make a new version of the CRT. Look, to be honest, like, I hope it happens, but... That'll be cool. The the factories, because, you know, I don't know, this is a real huge diversion, but, you know, mm. sometimes when you go to make, you know, a piece of silicon, for example, like a semiconductor or something like that, <laughs> you yeah. need, like, literally a $10 billion factory to build that. I read it was right? 15 to $18 billion today. Okay, but yeah. I'm saying, like, 10, like, you know, that's the ballpark, right? Mm. So, in the end, like, the CRT factories, they were really insanely expensive to produce very accurate cathode ray tubes and... Like Sony, they they've yeah lost the patent on the Trinitron technology, but yeah, yeah like it's, it's there's just no money in it. There's no money in it because you can still get CRTs relatively cheap. They've gone up in price a lot, to be honest. I was looking yeah. the other day, and they're like hundreds of dollars now CRTs. Because I was thinking about buying some extra to put in my Probably garage. Be thousands soon. Well, they're all running out, right? Like, and they're getting yeah, exactly, and stuff, yeah. So. Limited amounts and limited parts to fix them. And- so, like, so, uh, looking House at like of House dead? of the Dead, yeah, yeah House yeah. of the Dead, yeah. I, I yeah. don't know how they like the big thing, Swinny. Like, is like, how is it going to control? Is it going to be like touchscreen? Tap, 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 tap. Nah, well, it's the switch, right? So you think it would be the pointer controls? Do you think so, Swinny? Mm. So, yeah. So there, apparently, there's going to be co-op in it, so it makes sense for mm. people to be able be able to use the Joy-Con separately mm. for yeah. two players. Um, but yeah, this is this is something that we'd known about, but we hadn't seen yet. So this is developed by Megapixel Studio, but it's published by Forever Entertainment, who we covered a few weeks ago as part of the fact that they'd signed up with oh, Square yeah, Enix right. to develop remakes on one of their IPs. Good connection. Um, and they, this studio, Megapixel Studio, were the ones that made the Panzer Dragoon remake. Uh-huh. And they are also a remake... They've all already announced, they announced at the same time, that they're also remaking the sequel to House of the Dead, but they only showed the first uh, first one. So, yeah, and this is coming out this year. Uh, I mean, I can't say it looked fantastic or anything. I love House of the Dead, but also it's kind of arcade games. Just all, if you talk about, like, roast into glasses, 
every arcade game has road tinted glasses to me. Like playing As It Dead two in the arcade, like that game looked amazing at the time, but mm. I don't know how it would you know match up these days. I saw it the other day. Like those games still hold up. Like they hold up, but it's you need that. No, no, exactly. Really no, no, that's the big yeah. thing. And that 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 you know. What was it about four franchises that you know with the shooter franchises? So Point Blank, mm. uh, Time Crisis, Virtua yep. Cop, <laughs> and House of the Dead—they were just like insane. So it was so yeah. cool. But it's the physical equipment mm. that made them so cool. I played those games on on other mediums, and it's just, it's just not the same. Yeah, it's a tricky Type, one. Typing of the Dead was really cool. That is a really cool idea. That was really cool. I love that. A really cool idea. Uh, so they had for their one last thing. So it actually. It was kind of weird for Nintendo. They were wrapping up the whole indie direct mm. and then like it kind of cut halfway through and they revealed Oxenfree 2, uh, Lost Signals. Have you actually played the first one, Swinney? So I've played parts of it. Yeah. Um, and I look, it's a, it's really, really cool. It's one of those games you have to kind of be in a mood to play because it's yeah. very narrative driven and it's the kind of thing where... You want to sit down and play through it kind of all almost in one go or like, you know, across right. a couple of playthroughs because because it's, you know, it's not a very long game by all accounts. But this was, yeah, this was the biggest new announcement they dropped um, because, no, I don't think anyone had heard about this or at least no, no, definitely. none of the major outlets. So yeah, it's definitely. really, really cool get. Um, we don't know, if, you know, if it's exclusive to Switch or not, but uh, they have said it's coming out this year. So I've got to play the first one now. It's kind of weird the way they revealed it because I don't think it was really obvious that it was Oxenfree 2 for people who aren't no, it was into right Oxenfree. No, and yeah. So I, I don't know if it really helped them the way they structured it. It was cool to have a one last thing, but yeah, I've got this game. I just feel that these kind of games, personally, I can't play too many of them. Like I'll play, you know, What Remains of Edith Finch, and then I feel like I'm spent on those games for a couple of years. Mm. There's just something about those games that just never gripped me that much. Uh, and then Fair the enough. last one, I think the one that we're all kind of excited about to varying degrees. <sighs> yes. Uh, and I think one of us yes. already has bought it, have they? Yes, the man they in the have. Middle? What yeah. is it, Mike? The moment I heard it, it's Fez. <laughs> oh <my laughs> and God, how did I you discover Fez. it? Obviously, very diligently watching this, totally doing the show, everything. <laughs> yeah, t- absolutely diligently. I had no freaking idea it came out on this. Totally missed it. <laughs> It was it was actually kind of semi semi hidden in a way. They didn't even really talk about it. I know, much, I know. Which is a real shame. It's cuz I've been ranting on to you guys for a while now, I think, that it would be perfect to release Fez on the Switch. It just it felt it would feel like such a such a perfect coupling of two of a game and a piece of technology having that in in your hand. And finally they did it. Ah, oh, so cool. Uh so you know it's, so, on, you know it's on mobile, don't you? No. But you wouldn't want to play it on mobile versus I know, Switch. but he said have it in your hands. I was just clarifying. Oh, okay. Yeah, but <laughs> no, no, no. I just think the Switch is a perfect platform for a game like this. So, by the way, for people who don't know what Fez is, so it's made by Polytron, and it originally came out... How long ago was that? Like, nine years ago or something? Yeah, nine oh, years. Go, yeah, because it said it's ninth <laughs> I, I, okay. anniversary. I'll give, you, I'll give the audience a bit of a behind the scenes. So, Swinney okay. extremely diligently very takes very amazing notes... And then I, 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 I think I, I refer to them a lot. And every now and then I'd miss something yeah. that's in there. Mike never looks at it. No, because I don't want to look like I'm just like, reading notes. What, how long ago was it? And literally, so he's got, it's, it just had its ninth anniversary of the it, original Xbox well, 360. I didn't, I didn't want to look like I'm reading notes. All right, I'll read the notes. So it's had its don't ninth anniversary notes. of the original 
360 release, which both Swinney and I played back in the day and loved to bits. I don't want to spoil anything about it, but play the damn game. It's, I haven't played it yet. Oh man, play it. It's so cool. And let's just say it, 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 and it very uh, strongly encourages you more than I think any other game that I've ever played to do New Game Plus. Oh, okay. Can't say why, but trust yeah, yeah, me, don't it's, tell me, don't tell me. It's, it's on. It's on sale at the moment. It's on sale. Well. I mean, look, it's what ten percent off. I think at the moment. A couple of bucks. Um, but it's, it's worth, worth eighteen ninety, the... right? Oh, Sorry. easy in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, it's an amazing game. Uh, and it was a part of the indie game, uh, the movie documentary, which was uh-huh. absolutely lightning in the bottle. The fact that they were following these studios and they went on to make three very significant indie games. Very, very. Like, if, if in fact, if you only had those three games in that era and said, these are the only games you can pick, that's a pretty good, like, grouping, a good trio. So, yeah. are you, are you going to get this again, uh, Swinney? Uh, no, because I've got, I, I repurchased it on Steam and I didn't replay it through there. So I just have it on Steam it, as well. Yeah, but just to buy it again <laughs> just for another version. For me... Yeah, but this is like the version to get. <laughs> for me, the magic of Fez is the first time you play through the game. Mm, I guess, um, yeah. So I think that it is still great probably to replay, but the magic is in the discovery. That's that true. is all I'm going to say. But it's been 10 years and I have a really shit memory. So I'm hoping that... <laughs> oh, I wouldn't remember like everything. discovering anything anyway. So. Like, but it's just like that... Yeah, that is the magic of that game. And it, it, look, it handle, plays well, controls well, but it is figuring out what is going on in that world that is what really is... The, that's the great part of it. Indeed. Yeah. And remember the fox is all I will say. And... um. Just to amazingly bring everything together with my discussion about analog, something you'll discover soon, Swinney, is that Phil Fish, the guy, mm. the main guy, let's be real, behind Fez, the, the main dude, actually created the boot-up animation for Analog Super NT. Huh. I did know that, but thank you for reminding me. Oh, look at this smug bastard. <laughs> Like, well, you should have mentioned it. Look at this! Look at this bastard assuming I don't know something that's pretty common knowledge. <laughs> pretty, uh, it's pretty common knowledge that Phil Fish did the boot up animation for the Analog Super NT. Yeah, that's real common yeah, knowledge. Of course. Let me just ask my governor. Hey, 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 babe. <laughs> oh yeah, it was actually Phil Fish. How did you know? <laughs> Turns right. out it is common knowledge. <laughs> All right. Um, overall, like I thought, this was a pretty good showcase. Actually, it's probably one of the best indie showcases. It was, and you know what? I actually, I, I was going to put an interest in a bunch of other things, but I didn't because, in the interest of time, so there, was, there were actually like probably another three or four games on there that I will grab that yeah. aren't even on the list that we spoke about. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our next story. Is Square Enix up for sale? No. So we had recent reports from Bloomberg Japan that hinted of the potential sale for Square Enix. So as we've seen over the last year or two, there's been a massive consolidation in the video game space. Uh, You know, the largest being Bethesda being purchased by Microsoft, but there's been a lot of activity in the mobile space as well. Square Enix is a big player in the mobile division as well. I think it's about 25% of their P&L at the moment, which is quite significant and growing. Um, And yeah, we had this report come through. So it actually originally came through... I think it was CFTN. So they basically do M&A activity, uh, which is quite important for the markets to, you know, get reports. Can you, can you explain for the general listener what, what p 
know, and, and yeah, what's penal? Oh, well, I thought it was all common knowledge. I thought it was all, all, thought it was all common penal? knowledge. No, I don't know what a penal is. So, you know, analog and super NTs, boot up animation. That's quite a common knowledge. <laughs> so P and L, so profit and loss. So once you take ah. all the revenue of the company and deduct the losses, uh, you're left with a profit. Um, hey babe, do you know what penal is? <laughs> what penal. Was the, what was the other P-N-L. thing I said? Spinning? I don't even know. M and A. Oh, mergers and acquisitions. So that's a Thank whole you. space in the markets which refers to, you know, investing, divesting, merging, uh, you know, hostile takeovers, all this kind of stuff. So any activity around changing the ownership of a company and who owns it, who doesn't own it, things like that. Uh, so Square uh, Square's share price actually jumped up really aggressively. I think it peaked at fifteen percent prior, like above prior to announcement. Um, and then they actually were forced to bring out a statement. So. In their statement, I'll read it quickly in full. Bloomberg has reported today that there is interest from several buyers to acquire Square Enix. However, this report is not based on any announcement by Square Enix Holdings uh, Company Limited. We do not consider selling off the company or any of its at- of businesses, nor have we received any offer from any third parties to acquire the company or any part of its business. So, Mike, you're not a buyer of Square Enix or this story. I give him. Three fifty for it. <laughs> so, any like, what do you what do you make of all of this? So, I think that there's been pe- there's been companies that are putting the feelers out, and that's what where this story's come from. Because this this is essentially like PR one hundred and one. This is like a what they call like a non denial denial or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's <laughs> basically it's like they 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 don't want to deny. It's like it's worded just like all PR. It's worded very carefully, but in this case, it's worded very carefully so that if it turns out that there are offers that come to light, they don't look like they've lied. Well, like the thing is outright. You know what I mean? Yeah, but if there if there's no interest, they can actually also say that there's nothing actually against the law or regulations for them to say there are no no parties that are interested in purchasing Square Enix. But they didn't say that. Right. Hmm. So tell us what they said. Well, they like it's simple. They said that they haven't received any offer. Right. So they said, they, well, this is the wording from Bloomberg, right? We do not consider selling off the company or any of its businesses, nor have we received any offer from any third party to acquire the company or any part of its business. Sure. Just clarify, that's not the wording from Bloomberg. That's exactly what the state said. That's what the that's state Square was, Enix's yeah. PR statement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, like, it's, people could have still approached them. Yeah, but right. companies also can say that we don't want to be sold, but companies can just buy them out from under them. They can go to shareholders and say, we're going to buy it for $10 more. Do you want to sell? And they can buy the whole thing. That happens all the time. Because it's a public company. That's the risk of having a public company. Essentially, someone could just go on the market and buy all the shares and go, well, I own the company now. I'm taking it over. <laughs> Um, and that, that's happening more and more so with uh, especially Chinese companies yeah. and then also uh, a lot of Middle Eastern sovereign wealth funds that they have so much money that just, it's like nothing to them. And in Square, although Square's worth a lot, it's not, it's probably not, it maybe even Bethesda money, which is amazing. Look, the thing is in two months time, if Square's bought, this statement is still not incorrect. They haven't lied in the statement. Uh because an offer would never come early. Offers always come late in the process. 
But you're saying they're saying that they weren't considering it, so it was almost like a hostile takeover. Yeah, correct. Huh, okay. Like you could get a ten cent by the mail. Easy. That's it. That's exactly. That leads me to my Conspiracy. question. Well, yeah, who the who's? <laughs> yeah. And I was going to. I was going to ask. Do you think it's possible that ten cent? Because I don't see people talking about that with this. Ten cent would be the number one, two, three for me. And it's weird because you read it, everyone's like, oh, Microsoft, Sony. It's like Tencent are the people buying up so much stuff more mm. than... Obviously, Microsoft's been buying big, but Tencent for years has been making so many acquisitions. But what? they're mostly, I thought, acquisitions in multiplayer slash gambling slash that kind of space. Where Square Enix, a lot of their huge IPs are... I guess it doesn't matter, right? Because they have no, the no. IP. You can use it for whatever you want. Tencent's been doing a lot of mobile stuff and Square's really aggressively pushing into mobile. I guess they have been. So, and they've got a massive like IP list that mm. they could take more yeah. advantage of. Square's one of the worst when it comes to microtransactions and mobile. Games. That's a fair point yeah. actually, so maybe it's a perfect fit. Huh. <laughs> there you I, go, Tencent. I agree with where you're coming from, Swinney. It's like it feels very one-dimensional thinking. And you know, we we're saying this and you know what, a month's time Microsoft's bought <laughs> Square, but <laughs> it feels very one-dimensional thinking just going either Sony will buy them Number one, Sony doesn't have a lot of money. Like, they're worth a lot and they could buy them. But to me, from a business perspective, what do they gain from buying Square? Like, the only argument could be potentially as a defensive maneuver to prevent someone else buying them and locking them out. And then you go, Microsoft buys them. But that doesn't make sense either. It's not like if they buy them, everyone's going to start buying Xbox in Japan. It's just not going to happen. The the only thing, and I think this would be like, this is very far fetched, but is you know the power play to kind of you know some people are saying, and I don't agree with this, but that as a move to try to get Game Pass onto the PlayStation, uh, um, that's never going to happen. How would that happen? Yeah, no, but I'm saying, but by essentially taking Square properties and putting them on Game yeah, Pass, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's your view, but I think that's... No, I just said it's not my view, but that's a common view that's out there. Look, I I think, you know, like they have a shitload of IP and games, right? So if they did buy them, that's a stack of games that go on Game Pass. Again, I still look at the whole thing and I go, for me, it would make way more sense for Microsoft to buy Ubisoft and they'd probably be priced at about the same. Um. Because that is something that where people would go, oh, maybe I'm going to buy an Xbox instead of a PlayStation if all the Ubisoft games are coming out to Xbox instead of PlayStation. Yeah. I don't see them the other way around. Like, I don't really see it. Like, you know, the Japanese market, they're just never going to go Xbox. Like, Xbox 360 did not do well in Japan, and that was, like, the pinnacle for Xbox. So, but yeah, no, it's interesting. It's interesting. Look, I don't think they would be purchased... Um, but there's a hell of a lot of M&A activity going on at the moment. So you just wonder stuff like Konami is the one that really interests me. Like, is Konami going to try to sell their IP or uh, maybe have a licensing agreement around their IP? And there's a lot of rumors about that, which we don't typically get into. All right, let's get into our next story. PlayStation 5 has had its first big update in April, uh, and there are new ways to store games. Uh, share with uh, people on the PS4, which is quite critical given that it's impossible to get a PS5 and a whole host of other things. So for me, as someone who... I'm not running out of space. I'm not sure if you're running out of space on your PS5, Mike. Not even using it. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, 
But yeah, like this is a really cool know. idea. So if, effectively, if you have the correct external USB drive, you can actually shift games from the active M2 storage on the PS5 onto the external drive. And it's not but, any external drive. It's actually but, specific external drives. But big asterisks. Well, yeah, no, as always, you cannot play them off the external drive. They've always been really clear that you can never play it off an external drive. Um, and the thing that disturbed me, I guess, a little bit was that they're still saying the M2 drive storage will be announced in the future. And we're like, what is it now? Like seven months from when it launched? No, 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 about six, maybe five to six months since we launched. And we still don't know when you're able to install a drive into that M2 slot that's inside of the PlayStation 5. Look, I get where different people would come from and different use cases. And I know some people just want to install a whole bunch of stuff for whenever randomly they might want to pick it up and play it. Um, and, you know, the PlayStation 5 doesn't even have... It's not even like a full terabyte. I think you're only left with like, what is it, 700 something? Or, yeah, but well, afterwards you're only left with 700 something um, after the system... Yeah, yeah, yeah. System and Six, everything else. seven, so I think. It's not a lot. And if I'm not mistaken, a game like... Um, and sorry, Swinney, um a, a game like um, the Ultimate Edition of, of uh, Miles Morales is like 170 gigs or something from memory. Well, I think that's a weird one because they have like it the is full a weird one. Spider-Man and then the full Miles Morales. Thing yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's still, you know... It, it, I think you, Call you of Duty is s- the one though because like yeah, that's a huge course, game. Of course, like, that was a huge one, Like yeah. both in terms of like sales, popularity, and then just the size. It's that's, farcical. That- that's all I was going to say. It's because it's those kind of games that people often struggle with this because yeah. they want them installed on the off chance that someone says, "Oh, do you want to play that yeah. tonight?" Yeah, jump oh, on. You know, yeah. so you're really left with what, like only only two thirds of your total storage if you have a game like that. So I can kind of see why people would would want that. Um, I can also see why you can't use the cold storage because you know speed wise, it's you're not going to get the same capability that an m2 drive internally does yeah um so so i can i kind of get why they won't let you do that so it's kind of like that it's bridging that gap where you don't have to re-download everything and you know there's a lot of people who don't have fast internet connections and you might sit there for like a whole day downloading a freaking game whereas now you download it back it up on your cold storage by the usb drive and if you want to play it again it's a hell of a lot quicker than downloading the whole game again yeah. So it's it's not it's not perfect. It's not a, you know the perfect ideal solution, but I think it's still a, it's still a pretty good step in in ticking a bunch of boxes off for people. Yeah, it's just like you know, let's be real. The Xbox just dominates the PlayStation in this space because they already have the expandable, and it's just so much shicks. easier. You just plug it straight in the back. Yeah, and they've already shown that if they can, they don't have any heating bucks. issue with it. Um, yeah, but if you look at the price of it versus even the M2 drives of those specs, it's not like the... It's not super bad. It's not egregious. There's a premium on it, but and, it's not super bad. And yeah. you have to also say, for the convenience of it, just being able to plug straight in the back, it's actually plug and play as well. That's the amazing thing. If you had two of them, you can actually pull it out and put another one in when the console's on and switch it out. So, I so like, And they've also said that they're going to allow other manufacturers to make those expansion cards so i i think for sure the xbox one is far superior to the playstation ones because the other one everyone's really worried and people do speculate that this is a reason why they haven't got announcements yet is because the way that the heatsink 
and the fan is structured in the PlayStation 5, mm-hmm. the spot where the M2 drive goes, it's so hot already, yeah, like normally. Yeah, before, yeah, yeah. And they get very hot already. Yeah, oh, they get insane. Like, they M2 get well over 100 super degrees. super hot. Yeah. On, on PCs and stuff, like my yeah. current PC, it needs to have a heat sink in order yeah. to actually be... So I, I don't know. I wonder if they've like there's something weird that's happening there where they've actually tried it and you know one it only takes like one in a hundred to fail for it yeah, to have a huge enough, problem yeah. like yeah. For, out there for a lot of people. So and if you're letting people upgrade their own drives, you, you can't control what they put in there either. So they could get some cheap shit. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, yeah. look, they're, they're generally good drives, and uh, you know. Uh, there's no manufacturer that really, really makes completely crap drives, but still, you can't control that. So, yeah, and we're, and we're getting a lot of other quality of life things, and I think because of the pandemic, the shortage in chips, they probably had to double down on connectivity between PS4 and PS5. Like we we get comments from people still to this day saying that they're struggling to get a PS5 and it's pissing them off, and they're like debating about buying it on the scalper market, uh, eBay. So. Hold up, hold up. Yeah, like, I'll you go know, down. so, and, and again, I always say just, you know, register for alerts on Twitter, on Press Start AU. They I do, think they're they pretty do good. come relatively yeah. frequently. I've seen and I see a lot of people who go, stuff. oh, yeah, great, I got it. You know, so they're pretty good with that stuff. Um, yeah, so you're starting to see stuff like you can actually, like, connect with your PS4 friends a lot easier, like, whilst you're in a party and then also join uh, games that you're currently live in. So they've improved a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, they have this really weird one where it's like you can quote unquote pass the controller virtually in, in a game to like someone else, which is pretty, so I, pretty cool. I couldn't from the PlayStation, uh, from the blog article, I couldn't tell whether or not that would also apply to share play with PS4 people. I believe it is. I believe it is. That's interesting. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Well, play, like PlayStation has a lot of cool stuff that they do. They just either it's not perfectly executed or it just doesn't work as well as maybe it should and they don't publicize it. Um, you know, like even the thing I really liked was the standalone PS Vita that they released, like without a display, but they never really spoke about it at all and they barely made many of them at all. And now they're worth like 10, well, like four times the amount of the retail price that they were sold for. Um, and the, yeah, there's a whole host of other changes when you'd, you'd like that they've changed the way that the trophies are displayed and the stats around trophies and all those kind of things. That was even confusing. You know, when I was saying that I was getting through Astro and trying to get a hundred percent on that and get the, <laughs> the trophy, it was like really like actually hard to navigate through just to see my percentage and where I was at versus PS4 is always really easy with that kind of stuff. So it's good to see a lot of quality life uh, improvements. Have we had a quality of life improvement? To the OS for Xbox, yeah, Swinny? it's flawless. Um, oh, no, they've been adding stuff over time, but I just can't. I but nothing significant like this. <laughs> it's hard because also I'm they go they've got the different test rings and the insider programs and stuff, so it's kind of mm. hard to keep mm. track of where some of that stuff is. Um, the big thing for me, um, because I use it all the time on my on the Xbox, is the fact that they've added the ability to hide games from your game library. Oh I was yeah, thinking yeah, about yeah. that I too. That. Yeah, it, to me, it seems like such a basic thing to have it's weird that i don't agree with that but you really i've been I, using it on so many different platforms for so long i love it but i don't think on it's pc a, it's it's weird to not have it as a feature i, don't I think use it all the time yeah i get what you're saying i don't think it's something you'd immediately do if you were building something like that but 
yeah, having games and I'm like, oh my God, I just want to delete these games, but I can't because they're in my huh. library. It's good to just be able to hide them at least. In this day and age of backwards compatibility, um, especially for digital games, like, you know, I've got like 400 games to go through. Like, sometimes you just <laughs> like, I just want to hide a bunch of these and I'm never ever going to play again. Yeah. This is, um, this is literally first world problems. <laughs> well, this whole, this whole updates you know first world problems. true and actually i didn't even realize but i took advantage of the ps app it was like showing me some stuff about my storage and all this other kind of stuff and i didn't realize that was a part of the update that you could actually ah. see it like easier on the app the app works pretty well like i was getting alerts as to when things were getting installed and downloaded and we're not gonna have a segment on it but they had the resident evil showcase and i was able to download it from the app and install it to my ps5 and saw like the progress and everything like that. I thought, oh, wow. that's if only Xbox had something similar, huh? <laughs> so no, good update around the external storage because it is a bit of a mess at the moment. But um, I'm really interested with the M2 drive because I, I think eventually I'll probably expand mine because I, I hate having to delete things in in a way that it's like ugh. Like who knows if the server's going to go down one day in 15 years time and revoke the site. <laughs> but we'll be covering it, I'm sure. All right, let's jump into our next story. We have a new Switch Lite. So, randomly announced during the week... Whoa, hang on, hang on. This new Switch Lite. Please, please just elaborate on that one. What do you mean? It's not... Well, because some people might think it's like the Switch Lite oh, Pro. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, good call. A new color yeah. for the Switch, yeah, Switch Lite. Yeah. So, the same model, <laughs> same everything, but a new color. Um, and I'll get to that shortly. So, it's coming out on the 7th of May in Europe, 21st in other regions, including Australia. So, it's 21st of May... Uh, I think Metopia is coming out on the same day, from memory. Now, like, I, you know, I looked at this Switch, and I, I swear to God, I must be colorblind. If I did not know what they called this color, I would have thought it was purple. And purple's my favorite really? color. What? Yeah, 100% dude. I, dude I'm going to look it up. I think you're colorblind. <laughs> and so I, I, did, I did a colorblind test, because I was nervous about this. Blue. Because there have been times where I've said something's like purple or blue and people have like, what? No. This looks that, purple to me. Or indigo. Blue. It looks mm, like almost the GameCube purple. No, that's blue. Nah, I don't see it. And I, I actually, I, I went to the length of going, what's the official it, hex code? So it's yeah. 3B4696 from Nintendo. This is from Nintendo, the hex code, right? 3B6, okay, yeah. And then I checked it, like, because <laughs> I was like so confused about this. I actually checked it on... um. Like, there's websites where you feed in hex codes and it would classify the color automatically. Mm. And then the site, to be fair, does say it's blue, like a very dark blue or something like that. Yeah. You know you know what? I'm just looking at it closer. Color picker. It oh, looks, look. It it's looks... got a slight indigo to it. I, thank right? you. Thank you. All right. I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking at it closer. Looks white and gold to me. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. I knew you were going to say something like that. <laughs> Look, it's it's. What ever... color did you see that dress? Because I remember what color I saw it as. It's weird. It changed for me. But what did you initially really? see it as? I can't remember. Oh, okay. I can't remember. But How about you? Yeah. How about you, Mikey? I don't remember. Oh, okay. I don't even. I was like a. I don't think black I cared about it. Blue. Look, I'll give it to you. So if I look at the color picker, picker now, there's definitely there's... it looks purple, right? It, no, I if don't you think saw looks... that color and someone goes, "That's indigo," no. would you, you know argue why with it? it is? It's because of the hue of it. It's the fact that it's actually not a very sort of pure blue. It's it's got a bunch of gray in it, and I think that makes it look 
more towards the indigo color, but it's not. It's actually quite very much in the in the blue spectrum. No, I, I agree, and I because I, it's ninety six. I checked at the it end, all. So I like, checked it all, and I was like, you know bluish. what? Like, it's pretty bluish. By data, I'm wrong. So maybe I'm like a bit mm. colorblind or something. Because to me, Potentially, yeah. if I looked at it, I'd go, this is an indigo switch. If they said it was indigo, I'd go, yeah, mm. okay, yeah, it's indigo. Like, of course, it's not blue. I'm actually really looking forward to seeing this in person. Because, I don't know, I shouldn't get a, a switch light, should I? That seems like a very excessive. You know what? You know what? It is excessive. <laughs> but I found myself using my switch light more than my normal switch. I like it. I like the form so, factor. I really like you know, it. And it's a really good form factor. You cramp up a little bit more, but just it's just... <laughs> I love using it. I like the D-pad, man. It's, it's got weird. a D-pad. Yeah, it's just D-pad, one unit. Very easy to... You, mm. Literally, it fits in your pocket. Like, sometimes I, I literally just take it, put it in my pocket, go to work or something, and it's in my pocket. I, I, have, so a qu- I have a question to the uh, Switchlight owners on this yeah. podcast. Awesome. Can you, now I know that they, Nintendo's really bad with all this stuff, but mm, terrible. Can, I'm assuming you can't, but can you confirm that you can't swap like a save via the cloud between two different switches? Yeah. No, you yeah. can. Yeah, I've yeah. done it all the time. Yeah. Straight away? Or is it more as like a backup option though? That's No, no, it, sa- it saves it straight away. So I did it with LA Noir. So no, no, but can we, can we just be light. clear? Can we be clear, Mike? Mm-hmm. That it doesn't do it for all games. Oh, okay. So some games it doesn't. Every work. game I've tried it for, it's been I've had no issues with so, it. So basically, the, uh, so the scenario can you just just so I'm 100 like mm-hmm. and as I said, as you said, Indigo, maybe not for every game, but if a game supports it, so I can be playing on my normal Switch and save, and then mm-hmm. assume it saves to the cloud. However, mm-hmm. take my Switch Lite, go on the train, or what? Oh, let, let's say I've got internet access, obviously, um, mm-hmm. somewhere. I can play the same file, save file, save it, and then go back to my normal Switch. Yeah, I've, I've done that, yeah. So I, I okay, did that okay. with LA Noir. Well, well that, I actually didn't think yeah. you could, so I'm glad. Now, the only thing I, I don't, to, to be honest, the only thing I haven't, I haven't tested is how automatic it is. As in, when I did it with LA Noir, I was playing it on my Switch Lite, and then when I started using my red Switch, and it's quite clearly a very red color, <laughs> spoken about this before, uh... I I just went to the save cloud and just downloaded the the copy that I had of the save file and just continued playing on my new switch as if okay there was no so yeah, there's no maybe a bit of a process to it but you can do it okay yeah oh, but what I know. what that's I haven't tried is now that it's actually doing the cloud saves automatically because it, it does the automatic cloud saves and it should download automatic cloud saves as well is what happens if I take the cartridge out put it into the light where I still have a copy of the game. And whether I can literally instantly continue playing from the same spot, so I, I can give that a crack and make a correction next week if it doesn't work exactly like that. Yeah, but it, work, it like it does work well. But the thing that yeah, I don't like about me. it is, and why I never pulled the trigger on it is because, like, randomly, it's like you know, Splatoon two. You can't play that on the Switch Lite and the Switch. It's two different profiles. Then that's and, weird. How like, is, it's actually oh, more what? Nintendo games that don't work on both. It's weird. I've had no issues with I I, I Animal Crossing. You can't have it on them. both. No, so Animal Crossing. Yeah, those are those are really weird. Pokemon. Yeah, but they're weird examples in the sense that well, they're pretty big games. The right? way they like... do the same. No, no, no. They are. But every single other game, there's there's a whole array of games. Yeah. Because I used to switch between them. Because sometimes you know my girlfriend would take the Switch Lite, and I'd be like, oh, hang on, let me just let me just make sure that's backed up. It is cool, and then I'll just continue playing it on on my my other Switch. And I did that with a whole bunch of games, and it was fine. And just to confirm with anyone, I think you need Switch, Nintendo Switch Online 
subscription to be able to use that, don't you? You do to back yeah. your yes. save files. I think you do. Yeah, that's so cheap though. Like, yeah, I don't think that's much of an impediment. But like, I don't know. There's pretty big franchises like Splatoon, Pokemon, Animal Crossing that don't work. That don't. It's weird. Yeah, across. it's actually kind of weird the way they do that. Dark Souls doesn't know. work either. What? Yep. Yes. It, are you sure? Yeah, I'm just checking the list. Oh, I thought it did. One two switch doesn't. I don't know. It's really strange the way Dark that. Souls. Like, man, weird. I can't continue my one two switch. Save <laughs> the legacy. The legacy. I'm gonna try Dark Souls actually. I've Unless they've it updated now. since this article came out, right. which was the I mean, 25th of right. Jan, 2021. So yeah, like that's always been holding me back from pulling the trigger on a Switch Lite. Dude, it, I love it. It does I, look really cool. It's like, it looks it's more really just cool. like, because it's only for one purpose. Although I don't like that it doesn't have any rumble at all. Like, that's yeah, kind of weird. You know what? I haven't missed it in, in most games. The mm. only game that I actually cared and missed it was um, Mario Odyssey. And that's because in a particular part of a particular level, you need the rumble to make your life easy to find a star. But that's it. Other no, than but, that, I'm like, eh. So I actually know about that, and what they did is they they added visual effects, so they the did, screen distorted. But it still wasn't it. It didn't. It's feel not as obvious. As good, as it obvious. wasn't as obvious. Yeah. But other than that, honestly, don't really care or miss it. And to also to also probably add add something to this is because I was using the um, the Hori, um, the Joy-Con Pro things. Whatever. The, what do we call them again? Split you know, the, Pad Pro. The Split Pad Pro thing. <laughs> it's actually they don't such have a it either. I, in fact, you, you won't be able to see this one, but I've got my switch right here. It, you know, it actually matches the colors. It kind of looks red. ugly, though. To be fair, no. <laughs> so I, what, I, what I'm looking at is it's fine. Mike has got his brand new Mario blue and red switch, and then he's got his <laughs> blue and red. It's red. It's fully red. Yeah, the ca- the the bezel is red. Yeah, but it's, it's the first it's, one that's got a colored it's bezel. It matches. And then he's got the split pad pro, which is predominantly black with red features so it looks really weird it looks like it's inverted i reckon it's what it kind of look look it kind of it's weird to be cool if these were red as well but whatever it looks like, right. like i'm trying but to the point off, is because we got to move on that they don't have a rumble either so i got True. used to that and True. then i don't really miss it on the True. light either so i highly recommend the lights i think they're awesome yeah no true i'm looking forward to seeing this in person seeing if it's purple all right <laughs> next story uh so the Oculus Quest 2 has got a pretty big update uh, during the week. And it's a bit of a weird one as well, just to flag that it's updated. So I know people have got the update, but the features in the update are going to roll out at a later date, progressively across different users. So you could have the update, but you can't use any of the new features. And they won't tell you when you can use the new features. So a bit strange, but very, very cool updates. Um, so two major updates they've announced. So... The biggest one is that they have this new thing now, which is called Oculus Airlink. So essentially the Oculus Quest 2 is a standalone VR unit from Facebook, meaning you do not need a PC at all to use it and you can play games on it. It is pretty cool. Like as much as I don't like Facebook and I would never buy it, you know, you have to admit if something is good and it is a very, very cool unit. You have one, right, Mike? Yep. Yep. Well-priced. Oh, it's insanely well-priced. Like, it feels like they're losing money on the hardware sales of it. Very fun. Something that, you know, you can get people to use. And, you know, everyone that's used it said, oh, it's pretty funny. Like, or novel or, you know, cool to play. Now, you can link it to your PC. I've done that to play Half-Life Alex. Uh I had to find a very special USB-C cable to be able to do it. 
Well, I wouldn't say very special. It just needs to be a high enough bandwidth cable. There's yeah, but there's, of like a lot of the cables will not work. No, no, you can't you just, just use like, a standard run. But that's what I'm saying. Cable, special, usually, yeah. You know, yeah. you have to specially like look and go. Gotta is this the right sure one or not? Yeah. The yeah. official cable is like 120 Australian dollars. It's insane. You I think I got mine for like 25. Yeah, 25 bucks. And then it's like also weird that I had to plug it into a very specific port on my motherboard. USB 3.2. No, because should, I've got three point one and three point two and three Either and both two. Both should work. No, no, three point one works better than three point two, and there's all these crazy reasons why. Okay, but anyway, it's very annoying. It's very like finicky and frustrating. I never had any issues with it. But it once it's all out of the box, ah, oh, it's very dude. Like it is not straightforward. But okay. anyway, get it all set up fine. But this this update, and there are back backdoor ways to get this working already and you have to pay money for virtual desktop and a bunch of other stuff but they're doing this for free now and it's in the experimental mode of the update essentially what you're going to be able to do is connect your oculus quest 2 wirelessly to your desktop pc that's going to be cool subject to a very very high uh threshold on your wi-fi network you need it needs to be on 5g 5G? No, no, not 5G. You're no, it's talking- in 5 gigahertz. 5 gigahertz, yeah. Yeah, yeah 5G you won't be is able mobile. to do it on the 2.0. It's not yeah, even 5 gigahertz, dude. It's actually like, I think some of the protocols in 5 gigahertz won't work either. Huh. And they've also said you should be around 12 feet. So what is that, like 6 meters or whatever it is? It's not 6 meters, what we're talking about. It's... Uh, Divided by 3, oh, it's, no, it's 4 about- meters away. Yeah, four meters. Yeah. Um, Wait, by three? From the router. That's what they're saying. <laughs> so that is extremely close to the router. Mm. So as I said, like this update's gone live. I tried to actually use it on my wife's dad's Oculus, but it, it wasn't live yet on his oh, system. dang it. I'm super interested in using this. Same. I've got, like, because a that's really, the biggest barrier, right? Yeah, I've got a really crazy Wi-Fi setup at home that has like the highest standard that they are looking for. Mm-hmm. So I'm hopeful that it will be like very solid and mm-hmm. I've got a really big area in my house right next to my computer room, my study. So like that would be awesome to be able to like move around in Half-Life Alex. So I'm actually going to hold Agreed. off playing that game again. And also the other big change is that they have announced 120 Hertz support uh, for the, the Oculus Quest 2. Currently it's at 90, but I don't know if you know this, Mike. You actually have to go through the settings to change it. By default, I think it's 75 hertz. And to be honest, I haven't even checked. So I, <laughs> I went through and changed mine to 90 hertz. So but it's interesting that... Your the, step up this... from like 75 to 120 would be insane. I'd be massive. Well, yeah, if it's anything it's like... like you do it. The only problem is then, of course, having the hardware to push 120. But Well, it's not but, the hardware. It's just as long as the Wi-Fi connection is strong enough, it'll be fine, right? No, I just mean, I just mean, wouldn't you need games to also oh, yeah, run yeah, yeah, a frame rate? 100%. Yeah, 100%. so... Hmm. Yeah. Depends but on I, the game at that stage. But. Actually, no, the Half-Life Alex. I don't think it makes much of a difference in a weird way huh. about like if it's 75 or 120. It's more like the texture settings that you've got, like that can okay. really overload your graphics card really easily. But I find it interesting that that's something that the hardware is capable of doing out of the box. It just wasn't mm. enabled till now. Because normally, you, you, like you can't just get a monitor at that 60 and all of a sudden there's a patch for it and boom shakalaka, it runs at 90 or 120. Mm. I've never seen that before. And then the last one is just um, that, then this was in the Konami, sorry, the Resident Evil showcase, that Resident Evil 4 VR is coming exclusively to the Quest 2 store, 
which is uh, quite interesting. And Resident Evil is on my list of the Dirty Dozen games that I need to play this year. So this should be coming out this year. So I might actually see if I play it on this. I think it'd be a really weird way to play it. Like the first time to play it is on VR. So yeah, no. So like, I mean, I you got to give credit where it's due. I think Facebook's doing a lot of good stuff. I just wish they didn't own Oculus. Five hundred million people's accounts being leaked. No, it was way more than that. It was like a billion something. That was just scraped data anyway. Like they'd hacked into it. Oh, that was just scraped. No, data. but I think look, since deal. we're on the topic, we're no, on the but topic. it's scraped out. Like as in, it was very mis. I think very misreported. It wasn't great, but yeah. no, there was a no, vulnerability still, in how they yeah. prevented people huge from run- accessing it. Huge yeah. vulnerability. And since we're on the topic, the only reason I think it's quite quite important with this is that on one hand, they're forcing you to log in so they can collect all your data with a Facebook account. But on the other hand, they can't even make sure that your freaking Facebook account is secure. It's ridiculous. Yeah, to use an Oculus, you have to go, here's my date of birth, here's my full real name. You can't put a fake name there because they do shut down people's accounts. It's pretty nuts. I've known people who have got their accounts shut down, personal people, so Mm. it's insane. Anyway. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our our next story. So this is a bit of a, a left field one and refers back to when I was talking about like games being a bit art as well. And I think this one definitely qualifies for that. So... I don't, did you want to take this away, Swinney, or? No, I'll let you take it away. <laughs> okay, sorry. No, um, I know I know it, but it just seems like it's more your, this is, you're speed. the one that kind of picked up on this. And, well, yeah. I just, I, I thought it was, I, I just love these kind of almost like experimental art accidents or, because I don't think it was necessarily intended. Just to give the framing of it, uh, there's a lot of game, uh, game jams, which are really, really cool. I actually look forward to like participating in game jams in the future. I was thinking about taking some time off to do one, but it have to be probably, you know, further years down the track. But essentially the whole idea is you have 24 or typically 48 hours to come up with the whole game and like basically finish it. And you'll get the theme of the game jam, typically on the day of the game jam or just a few hours before. Uh, the biggest one is the Game Maker Toolkit. Uh, from Mark Brown, the really great uh, game design channel on YouTube. It is like insane how big that has grown. And they Such use, a good channel. Though. Yeah. Love it. And they use yeah. itch.io and he crashed itch.io <laughs> last year because of the demand for that game jam. So that's coming up in a month and a half. Um, so we'll talk about it when it gets closer. But this game jam was about games that shouldn't exist so games that you shouldn't make. So these are games that shouldn't be games, right? <laughs> and it was um, intended to be like you release it on the 1st of April as a bit of an April Fool's joke and you get bonus points if the game is unplayable within the first 24 hours, right? So uh, this developer, and it's, it's hard to say his name, it's like D-R-O-Q-E-N, so Droken. Droken? Droken? Yeah. Droken. Droken. The idea that, that he had was basically to create a globally persistent world that you can enter into. So it's all network based and you hack these terminals and you can get access to further terminals. The more people that hack the terminals mean you're not going to be able to access because every other person who hacks a terminal, it's like an exponential increase in terms of how long it's going to take the next person to hack it. Well, I think you should clarify it's, it's a also a very difficult platformer. So that's why those, 
terminals are so important because they're checkpoints. Checkpoints. And yeah, there's mm. checkpoints and save points, and he, he's basically said all the conditions up for you know someone to come in and go. Oh, I'm going to take advantage and like take all these checkpoints and make it really difficult for everyone else, and then the game's going to be horrible and you know unplayable within. Like he actually was documenting it on Twitter as it was going live. He he actually thought it might be you know a few hours and then the game would you know be <laughs> over. And there were like events where people like actually hacked the actual game, and then he had to restore a backup and all this other stuff. But what ended up happening was there were there almost like from a grassroots perspective, a little community of people who banded together to actually create like a safe environment in the game and try to create like a, a safe area for people to actually exist in the game and cooperate. So you had this like awesome thing where he, he sort of was like almost, a, you know, I guess like a, a cynical kind of perspective on life and thinking, Oh, people are going to just destroy this world, but ended up, you know, creating it and trying to save it. Um, and the game's still live right now. You can still buy it for like six dollars and sixty six cents. I'm sure that's not an accident. Uh, US dollars. Um, so it's still playable and it's still alive. So I don't know. I just thought it was a really really cool article. Um, was there well, anything else that I well, missed uh, there, Swinny? Well, that's the thing. Is did you actually mention the article? I don't. I think oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. It was game, from yeah. this. We've actually uh, mentioned another article from this uh, author. So this is from Vice. Uh, Patrick Klebit. Clepec. Clepec. Yeah. yeah, no, really good author. Like, I actually went through some of the other articles way before. So we covered um, one from Nier, the really famed Super oh. Nintendo emulator writer um, and translator as well. So he wrote that article. That was a really, really cool It article. has really cool, unique stuff like that, mm. yeah. Yeah, and you, actually, if you go through all of his articles on Vice, he has a lot of really cool takes on different things. Just, like, small little stories. Like, this game is not a big game, even with the sales, I think it was like a couple of hundred sales of this game. Um, but just, I don't know, really, really cool. And I love stuff around this that exposes the medium to just things that you couldn't do in film or comics or anything uh-huh. else. Like this, this could only be done in video games, which is, I think, a really cool thing. I, I just want to quote the, the game maker. So this time I will just read off what, what I read. And um, he said... I believe it's a he. Apologies. If it's yeah, not. it's a he. Um, I have a more positive and positive in quotes uh, view of what people are capable of enduring now, but I don't know if that's a good thing. People <laughs> can get used to and even find joy, beauty, and solace in just about anything. On one hand, this is admirable and quite beautiful, but maybe it means as the end of the world draws near, instead of fighting to stop it, maybe everyone will just endure it. And I found that really, really interesting and really cool for him to say that um, because human beings are extremely resilient. That's that's the one thing about us that that is absolutely incredible. But the problem is it's a double-edged sword because our resilience is also a means for us to become quite complacent and just accept shit that we shouldn't be accepting. Mm. And and I think I think it is down to that. I mean, you, you know, if I don't want to get into into sort of a depressing train of thought, but if you look at global warming, if or, or if you look at how we destroy the environment, we're just going to keep doing it. And even if it means that the whole world will just be an absolutely shit place to live in, the species will continue, and we will mm. just keep enduring it, forgetting that there's there's better options out there. You know, we can do much better than that. Humanity can actually be in a much better position if we didn't just accept all the crap um, that that's that's coming to us 
So I thought I thought his his from 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 a philosophical perspective it was really cool, and I think the way he phrased that as well was was awesome. That that is very appreciated, Mike Thunberg. <laughs> hey, don't speak, Mike Swinney. What do you reckon the chances that Mike read the article? I sh- what do you mean? I- he did. He did read. I did the read the article. Oh, okay, because yeah. I thought you would have been really like uh, amped up about the whole fact that a big part of where the game came from. Was oh, I know where this is going. The discussion around cryptocurrency and the environment. No, no, impact. I read that too. I read that too. Yeah, I, yeah no, but no, it's just something was, that you should probably get him started. Too, yeah. Why'd you bring it up? Do you not get me? No, no, I want. <laughs> I, I don't, because I, I don't thought he didn't do, read the no, article because no, the fact I read that he it, didn't mention it. I read it. I'm not going to derail this discussion. <laughs> I actually thought the really. But it's interesting that he it kind of came from that. Yeah. And the selfishness of people. He's got very, uh, yeah, he's, he's got very cool views on that. Yeah, I thought, man, this game really is like, like a game that Mike could have made. Uh. I like it. I like it. All right, let's go into my favorite segment of the week. The Bargain Bin for the week commencing the 18th of April, 2021. As always, we start with Epic Game Store because they like to give away games for free. Yep. Uh, this week, there's three games, actually. So, Deponia, The Complete Journey. Get, 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 get. I don't know how to say this name. Ken Follett's The Pillars of Earth, of the Earth and The First Tree. So, I've, uh, of course, collected all of those three games and I'll play them religiously. You got to play Deponia. Uh, it's one of my favorite click, point and click adventure games. Okay, okay. Fair enough. I, I've, I've talked about it on multiple episodes, if you remember. I do. I've been plugging it all along, <laughs> always saying when it's on special on the Switch. On the Switch, speaking of which, uh, Dorimon's Story of Seasons is $20. Not sure if you're getting that, Mike. Uh, and that's I, until the... I may actually pick that one up. It's meant oh. to be a very good version of Story Seasons. There you go. There you go. Because you're, you're now the expert on those type of games, Mike. Bug yeah, Fables, the Everlasting <laughs> Sapling, a game that Swinney is a massive fan of. He yes. has. He's plugged that at multiple 31. times. $31.50. Very underappreciated. If you love Paper Mario, this is basically a sequel. And you said okay. it's better. so I think it's better than The Thousand Year Door, yeah. Come at Swinney. Uh, <laughs> Carrion. <laughs> Carrion, which is uh, $20.10 until 25th of April, Anzac Day. Uh, Fez, which is, uh, you know, obviously just got released is $21 and the messenger, which is $15. So Fez very... is 18, 19 till the 20th. Oh yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It was all just out of order. I wrote that though. Um, yeah. eighteen ninety. Sorry. I should correct that. Very small discount, but you know, it's a discount nonetheless <laughs> on PlayStation. Uh, we should just mention, cause this is coming up to download shortly. Horizon Zero Dawn. They announced this before as part of the play at home initiative. That will be downloadable for free for anyone who has a PlayStation. Um, oh, shoot. I'm just trying to remember. Is that a PlayStation 5 and a PlayStation 4? I think it's all PlayStations from memory. Um, and, and regardless, you can log into the app and then add it to your account anyway through PlayStation 5. So you can always get it that way. And digital highlights, very topical. Deus Ex, Mankind Divided, $6. And Dragon's Dogma, Dark Arisen, $12.40. I'll hand over to Swinney now for the Xbox sales. N-A. <laughs> so that is an annoying thing about our timing of the podcast that a lot of the sales actually end the day that we publish. So it's kind of like doesn't make any sense to even put them up. Yeah, they'll, they'll have their day when it hits like the um, Black Friday sales and stuff. But That's true. Um, we do have some PSAs though. Yeah. So Ubisoft. Um, so they're shutting down a bunch of stuff. So they're shutting down... Servers and multiplayer uh, modes, I guess, 
across all platforms for uh, these specific games, but there's no date yet. So they'll be shutting down this year. Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Vegas 1 and 2, Rainbow Six Lockdown, and Ghost Recon Future Soldier. And that is a big shame because Rainbow Six Vegas 1 and 2 had some really, really cool multiplayer modes like Terrorist Hunt and Mm. stuff. Really, really cool. Um, There was actually, I believe, an achievement in one of the Rainbow Six games uh, for actually like hosting a server or something like that. So that was really interesting. You won't be able to get that anymore. Um, And on PC specifically, there's a whole bunch of Ubisoft games that are losing online support on the 1st of June. But a lot of these games, it may just be like leaderboards or things like that. So uh, the games that are losing online support are Assassin's Creed 2, Prince of Persia Forgotten Sands, Far Cry 2, Anno 1404, My Magic Clash of Heroes, which is great. Uh, Splinter Cell Conviction, The Settler 7, and Might and Magic 10 Legacy. So with Might and Magic Clash of Heroes, there's a multiplayer mode with that, so essentially that will be gone from the 1st of June. I have to say, like, I'm always, like, so pro-business, but I don't like... Like, when servers go down, I kind of just wish they had the ability for people to have community servers to take over. Hmm. So, like, they publish the specs or something like that. Yeah, I mean, often, like, the communities are generally, like, they shouldn't have to, but they're pretty savvy. They'll sometimes get it working anyway. Yeah, I know, I know. It's just, uh, yeah, that's one thing I don't really like. Like, I, I get a bit annoyed about that kind of stuff, but that's a good PSA. All right, let's get into our special features. So first up, um, I just wanted to call out because, you know, I've spoken about remote play, and this is mostly for remote play. Um, and I actually tried out Steam remote play as well on my DualShock 4 on my iPhone. And I was like blown away at how well it worked. It actually shocked me. So I booted up uh, Deus Ex Human Revolution, which I have on PC and played it on my phone and without even changing anything. So this is through Steam Link. It, uh-huh. it worked really, really well. I was like absolutely shocked at how well it worked. So I finally did pulled the trigger and decided I'm going to get like a phone mount for my DualShock 4. So I just want to talk about this one, which is the PowerWave controller phone mount. So can I just ask, you said pull the trigger. Isn't it? Is it <laughs> how much is it? So this is 15 Australian dollars. <laughs> yes. I like how you say pull the trigger like it's been something that you've been like... Oh, I'm yeah, going like, to get this for it ages. Is. <laughs> it is. It is. It was, it, was it the, the left trigger or the right trigger you pulled? Dude, I, I will check this, double check it, and you know, be very, very careful. So I'm like showing it on the screen now. I've yeah, got we, it attached to my white DualShock 4. Um, yeah, like, like I'll just say, like, to me, it's like if you're ever thinking about getting like something like this for especially DualShock or the Xbox... This is the way to go, not what Mike is showing, no, which no, is the game the vice thing that this, plugs on the sides. This is the way to go. <laughs> no, it's not. It's like a glorified Switch <laughs> with an even bigger screen well, than a Switch. Mike, we're not reviewing that. <laughs> I, I'm just I telling actually, people the right one to get. I love this. Like, This is like really... This actually forced me to make a decision. You know how I've said this before. I've got the back button accessory for the uh-huh. DualShock. This made me decide whether I get rid of that or keep this thing on it. And I've kept this thing on it. Wow. And it's just, it works so well. Like, I'm just connected to my PS5 right now. I've got the uh, Village demo up and running. But it's just, I don't know, it just kind of shocks me how well it works. Can I ask, so you're saying you're playing PS5, but it's a DualShock 4. Yeah. 
I thought that you couldn't use DualShock 4 for PS5 games. Good question. Mm. What a weird loophole. If I tried to connect my DualShock 4 to the PS5 directly, and I'll, I'll show people on like live. So Astrobot is not playable if I use my PS4. So I'm just going into the playroom. So just like showing now, play. If I tried this on my PS5, I would not be able to use my DualShock 4. But they allow it if you use remote play to use the DualShock 4 (laughs) to control That's hilarious. (laughs) Which just kind of shows you that what a pointless restriction to not allow you to use the DualShock 4. Because there's all this like stuff in Astro that is like very specifically for the the DualShock, uh, DualSense, apologies. Yeah. So I'm just testing it out, actually, because this might not work. Let me see. Oh, no, yeah, there it goes. Astro's out. That would work, wouldn't it? Yeah. It works. Yeah. But, but I then... mean, because you can use, the, the, you can use the, the pad, right? And it's got yeah. Yeah. the gyros. So... Exactly. And, and like, I, I, I cannot emphasize, like, it just is so responsive. Like, just showing it on the video. Like, if you're, if you're thinking about getting something like this in Australia, this is really easy to get. They're, like, $15, $14 on um, Amazon or... JB Hi-Fi, EB Games, you can buy it in person. Mm-hmm. It's like a little bit flimsy, but the thing is, it is like 15 bucks, so it's kind of a bit like, ah, it's not going to be the end of the world if it does mm. break or something like that. But yeah. yeah. A bit of sticky tape and you're done. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the plastic is very flimsy. But yeah, like I was, I was kind of surprised and I kind of wish I got it earlier because it does allow me to play downstairs and a few other places a lot easier. So that's it. Any questions from you guys? I recommend it. Inter got thumbs up on that one. No? All right, let's get into our, our review. <laughs> no, I did the, that on purpose. I know you did, you I, The only question I had is, are you going to get the same one for the Switch? Like a similar, a similar no, thing like for the Pro Controller for the Switch. No, because the Switch is so much more expensive. No, you can still get the, you can get the El Cheapo ones for about 20-odd bucks. They're a little bit more than that, I've found. 20-something bucks. It's like more like 25 that I've seen. Well, Switch is heavier than a phone, generally That's the thing. Look, the thing is, I have to say, this is heavy. This is heavy. I think the design, you know how I showed you the fixture S1? I think that the design of that, because it actually brings the Switch kind of, it's almost like on top of the the Pro Controller, it then helps distribute the weight better. But I saw, so I was looking at the S1, which is about 50 something, $57 or something on Amazon. Yeah, it goes up. And then I looked at the third party ones and... To be honest, the S1 didn't look like it was a premium product compared to just the El Cheapo ones. That I would probably end up just getting an El Cheapo one. Because it didn't, like, it didn't, you know... Well, if no, you like one of the El Cheapo ones, let me know and I'll buy it I will. I think I'll try one, yeah. Okay, good, I, wasn't, good. I was not impressed <laughs> by the S1. I think I will. Because okay. I am wondering, you know, whether it's it's better or worse than having <laughs> this thing, which I'm showing again. I, I just love the fact uh, that you, you've got... I'm someone who has so many controllers. I could, like, turn around and grab, like, five controllers <laughs> within arm's length. And you're, like, even worse than me, I think. Which is probably. amazing. Probably. I mean, I've got this thing that I don't use anymore. Yeah. But. So, as I said, I'd really recommend it if people are thinking about, you know, being able to play remote play. Now, it does work on, like, Apple Arcade. You know, if you... Like, I've seen some people commenting, so I'm certainly not in this field of what people are buying this for. What people are doing is, because Call of Duty on mobile is massive, hmm. so and same as Fortnite, so what they do is they use the DualShock 4 to play, like, Fortnite and Call of Duty, 
And the games don't really decipher that, oh, it's a mobile player versus a, someone who's got a bloody controller. <laughs> and they just dominate. <laughs> like, they're going, oh, I went from, like, a one kill to death ratio to, like, a eight kill to death ratio. I'm like, it's very strange to me. <laughs> and they're, they're going down this path. But, hey, yeah, quick, as I said... Quick, just question that's related to that. Can you... Are there ways to play, like, keyboard and mouse controls on, like, Call of Duty Mobile or something? I'd just be keen to know, could you actually get that working somehow? Yes, but the game would have to allow it. So those devices now allow you to have Bluetooth keyboards and things like that. Okay. Now I was just keen to see if people go to the next level and try to dominate with keyboard. And because I was, I was debating about getting a, trying to find a Steam TV. What is it called? Mike, I think you own one, Steam Link. Like, yeah, I got the Steam Link. Oh, I've got yeah, the, one as well. Oh, okay. I don't know if they still sell it, but I was like, I wonder if I could just play downstairs on my big TV with a Bluetooth keyboard and mouse and <laughs> try to play Deus Ex downstairs. Probably yeah. could. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I might try it one day. Anyway, let's get into our final feature uh, of the day. So uh, today we're going to go through Alain Noir, um, an Australian game, amazingly. And it's part of our Game of Some Other Year 2011 nominee specials. Uh, so we're going to do, and I'm going to quote Swinney, a close investigation of the classic <laughs> noir thriller from Team Bondi, not Bondi, Team Bondi uh, and Rockstar, obviously. So LA Noir, as I said, came out in 2011, pretty like revolutionary game, mostly because of the way that they did mocap, vo- like facial capture, voice capture, let, like, I, I guess jumping straight right. into I, before th- Before we jump into L.A. Noir, I just want to clarify for anyone that doesn't know our, well, our, all our nominees, I think. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go six. ahead. Yeah, you get, so take it away. So the six Game of Summer, uh, some Other Year 2011 nominees uh, are L.A. Noir, of course, Minecraft, which we've covered previously as a special, Super Mario 3D Land, which we've also covered, Deus Ex Human Revolution, which I believe we're covering next in uh, yeah, two weeks' time. time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim, and the sixth nominee is Dark Souls. So they're the six. Thanks. Just wanted yeah. to clarify. So the idea for the whole game of some of the year is, with the passage of time, we can clearly look at these games rather than looking through the lens of the year that they get released, which could have hype or PR or all these other kind of factors. And also sometimes you can look at a game and go, eh, is it really that amazing uh, with the passage of time? So yeah, Alain Noir, I think it's probably one of the games that to me benefited with the passage of time rather than diminished. Like when it came out, obviously it had an impact, but I think even looking back now, it's like pretty crazy, I guess, how it's had a massive influence on gaming. But then also like how many games are still like this and are trying to achieve the things that this game does. So, like, Swinney, did you play this when it came out, like, in 2011? Yeah, so I I don't know if I played it close to launch, but I didn't play it that much long after. Um, played it on the 360. Uh, really enjoyed it back then. I enjoyed the DLC that they released after as well, which I think they worked into the re-release, which I believe you guys have played. So yeah. you, you have may, to do it in the re-release. Yeah, so you may not, you know, there's some that you may not have realised are or aren't uh, DLC unless you looked it up. Um, and, I, yeah, I think... Uh, it was a great experience back then. Um, I, as much as you said, ah, oh, you know, there's games that have tried to be like this. Honestly, I've never played another game like this before since mm. this. Um, it is such a unique game, and I think 
as much as it did get a lot, obviously got a huge amount of bars, you know, it was quite critically claimed and stuff. I still think it's quite underappreciated in what yeah, it achieved. Yeah, it's almost like a cult classic, but it was it was popular, but not. Well, I think I think people just didn't understand how special this game hmm. was at the time um, because it try it. It's very like it's. How can I say? It's very experimental and it mm. takes a lot of chances and not all of them are amazing. We'll maybe get to some of that stuff. But <laughs> um, overall, like the, what they achieve with this game is quite phenomenal, I think. And can I just like, because definitely there's like so many different um, threads that I want to pick up on there. For me, just, just just to cover kind of almost mechanically the game. So Mike and I both played it on the Switch. Mm-hmm. And that incorporates the DLC missions, all of them that ever got released. Uh, not the VR ones, because that's obviously VR, but all the ones that got released into the main body as if it that's the way it was built. Yeah. And I think to me personally, it does a disservice for the game. So, I, I you know, the only reason why I found out that all those DLC were incorporated in the flow of the game is because at a certain point in the game, I was like, this game feels like it's dragging on a bit. Right, mm. and when I checked it all out and looked at the timing, I think you can see why, yeah. I would have been finished with the game on its Xbox 360 release. But mm. because they've included all these cases, like some of the um, desks, so you know, just to call out the game, you know, has Cole, who's the prota- protagonist of the game, and he progresses his career after uh, participating in World War Two, mm-hmm. his policing career through different desks. So he starts off with traffic. Uh, then goes to homicide. Homicide. It's always weird to me because I always think homicide should be the last one. That's what I thought too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but they but that's, cover that in that's the game. The be- that's the beauty. Yeah, of the they structure. cover it in the game. Yeah, homicide, etc. So one of the Vice. discs was meant to be three cases, but then in the Switch version, it's like five. Hmm. So even when I was playing, I was like, "Man, this feels like it's dragging on. Like, what the hell?" And, and I, yeah. know, I remember one of the cases. I it didn't. It felt like. It wasn't as good as the other ones. Oh, and interesting. I just remember one of them and and I remember thinking, huh, there's a there's a few parts where I'm not going I'm not going to ruin the case itself, but you basically have to follow a lady. And even though you are literally right behind her, somehow she manages oh, to catch yeah, a taxi yeah, yeah, yeah. to get to some faraway place that you have to then get to, which makes absolutely no sense. And it, it was almost kind of, it, it definitely broke the experience a little bit. And then I looked it up and I'm pretty sure that's one of the DLCs. Yeah. So it's weird that that you're forced to do those because you have to do every single mission or every single case, including the DLC ones to progress the story. I, and it definitely felt like it dragged on. Honestly, honestly, I know it's important, obviously, you know, what you guys are saying, your experience I don't want that to put a mark on the game that was released in 2011. No, 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 absolutely not. That's why I wanted to call it out, Swinny, because I'm actually mentally kind of going, you know what, I'm going to like almost, you know, give it more credit and push some of that stuff out because I I totally enjoyed this game. Like I was like caught up in it, playing it like all the time. With And that's the beauty of the Switch, obviously. You can fire it up for like 20 minutes, put it down really quickly. Uh, and it, yeah, I really got into it. Like, once it started going, I was just like, "Oh, I'm just playing it, playing it, playing it," to just see what happens next. And same, I actually want to. I want to see the the full story. I want to see. So I haven't finished it. So yeah. just just to just to to 
to be clear as well. I think I quickly looked it up before the show uh, just to see what, without spoiling anything for myself, how many missions there are. And I am at the very end of Vice. And so that's probably like 80% of the way through. Um, so I think I've experienced, you know, a good massive chunk of the game um, to, be, to, to be able to properly talk about it. But it, it is one of I actually want to finish it. Well, I, I kind of want you to get to the ending. And I, I absolutely will because we'll I hate get to the ending. I want to. I want to finish it. I'm actually drawn into the story what, and I want to see what happens. One thread that I want to pull on that you sort of threw out there, Swinney, was just about the experimentation. Not, not saying that no game has ever done this, but generally with video games, you know, think of the classic one, like Legend of Zelda. You have a, a voiceless protagonist in Link who, in the whole history of the game over 35 years, has never said a word in any single game, right? Like, it's the whole idea of you are Link, you can be whoever you want, really, uh, because he doesn't really have a personality, and they kind of structure it like that. Whereas this game, I thought it was quite fascinating. Like, you're playing as this character, Cole, but you're playing a character, but it's really almost like a film, like, you know, a noir film where it's, you know, you're not really kind of doing the choices that Cole's doing. You're, you're kind of part watching a movie, part playing the movie. And there's things that happen in the story and beats in the story where it's like, well, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, it's interesting. I Cole is a very interesting protagonist. He's very unlikable in many ways. But yes, then, extremely but, unlikable but, in a lot of ways. But there's also other parts, times when you're rooting for him because yeah. Yeah. it feels like he's hard done by. Um, I like Cole. And... I think he's acted fantastically by uh, Aaron Staten, who's, you know, from Mad Men. Mad Men. Like <laughs> yeah, no, that's all I could think all the way through. <laughs> very, very weird for me um, play, uh, watching Mad Men after playing this game, whereas yeah. the opposite for you guys, because I'm watching Mad Men just thinking that he's Cole Phelps the whole time. Oh, um, that's funny. And yeah, he also, the opposite. And he also, especially in like the uh, first season of Mad Men, plays also an unlikable person there. So um, it's, it's interesting. But um, yeah, I 100% get what you're saying it kind of feels like there's times when you're in control and times when you're not you know which is interesting yeah and like like i hate spoilers and this game came out like 10 years ago so i'm not going to refer to them but there are definite story beats where some something happens in the game i'm like huh like i'm not doing that (laughs) i wouldn't do that what's going on (laughs) and then i was thinking oh it must be like the game's tricking you he hasn't actually done the thing that they're saying he's done. And then you find out, no, he has, he's really done that thing. Yeah. And you're like, okay, like what, like, am I a bastard? Like what's going on here? So, so with the, with the story, I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything with this. Um, but the, the actual like case to case and the, the storyline that goes from desk to desk, I think is fantastic. Um, the mm. overarching narrative, not so much for me. I mean, it's interesting, but it's also it relies so much on coincidence and things that just feel like like wait that person's also related to this like what you know it just yeah, feels know, yeah, know. it feels very unrealistic with that um but when it comes to the storyline the cases and desks i think it is great uh, they're really good and- but but just 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 before we move on on that Swinney, mm-hmm. it's like i totally agree but then in a weird way this game is a bit of a love letter to the noir genre uh, yeah, and, that's a good point. And they they always have that thing of, you know, the person that you know is the person that's, like, behind this crazy scheme. And it's like, 
it's a one in a million chance, but it's like yeah, all of those yeah. movies are like that. Or the other thing they do is they have a completely random thing that comes into it, like a random element person, whatever. And it's like, what's the chance of that as well? Like, so I, it's a tough one. I, I got the same yeah. sense as you. It felt like really like all of this shit's connected. Like, but then it's like, well, that's actually how it does work in normal well, I mean, films. See- I think homicide is is an interesting one because you you obviously know something's going on, and again, I, it's so hard to talk about some of the stuff without spoiling anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I have to admit, at the end of it, even though it was pretty obvious something was going on, what the reveal was was really disappointing. I'm like, really him? Huh, okay, fair enough. Mm. Like it didn't really. I don't know. It. it Kind of didn't maybe in the moments. No, it didn't. Yeah. It didn't. Yeah. So, so the actual the actual parts themselves, you know, the, the cases themselves were fantastic to to kind of figure out and stuff. And and I think we should very quickly talk about that as well with um with the fact that you know you got to keep track in your mind about some of the stuff. You have a notebook that you can refer to. Um, and for those that haven't played it, um, when you when the game kind of boils down, other than the driving and, and a bunch of other mechanics, it boils down to you investigating a crime scene and collecting a bunch of clues uh, by investigating objects, dead bodies, etc. And then um, you keep track of those clues in your notebook. And then the second big component is is interrogating um, the witnesses. And there's three options, which originally they were actually labeled something different in the original 2011 game, and subsequently in in the the new release, um, it's different. Which is why I see all those memes with press X to doubt. That doesn't exist anymore. It's yeah, now I, bad cop and good cop. Which I didn't, is kind know, of confusing, I didn't right? know that all the way through yeah. until like right at the end, and I was like, <laughs> "Why did they change that? It That's feels different. like it's so much." I actually don't know why they changed more that. obvious I, I, the I, original love, descriptors. I feel like the original descriptions were all almost more obvious. Yeah, and it, it almost more obvious because sometimes it's hard to. So, so, so in the new version, you get good cop, bad cop, and accuse. Um, and in, in the in the original, it's truth, I think, doubt, and I don't remember the first one, uh, and lie. And basically, the first two are pretty obvious, like good cop and bad cop is good cop is you're sort of more empathetic towards the person and you don't necessarily think they're lying. Bad cop tends to be you definitely think they're lying um, and you take a really hard stance. And then uh, accuse is where you have to, you accuse them of a particular thing, but you need some evidence to prove that. So you need to have made sure that you've, you know, collect the, the right amount of evidence and then you can actually go through the notebook and pick the particular evidence that you think links them to that thing that they're lying about. And it's really awesome because it's sometimes not completely straightforward and you have to keep flicking back between your notebook and going, oh, what did this person say? What was this clue that I found that completely, you know, proves that this person's lying in this particular instance? And at the start of the game, I don't know if you guys sort of felt felt the same. It wasn't pretty obvious what to select. I was like, is this person lying? Am I supposed Dude, to like lie? Good I was getting cop, destroyed at the start of the game. So was I. But then you kind of get it. It clicks. Yeah. And it becomes very obvious when someone's lying in terms of like their facial expressions, twitches, stuff like that that it becomes a lot easier to pick that up. But what becomes a little hard still is, am I supposed to still be a good cop with this particular person or a bad cop? 
pick the yeah, bad cop option. Yeah. Bad cop is pretty much most of the time. Like it's it's rareish. Not I would say rareish. That's why doubt but makes more sense because doubt did make more sense. Well, yeah, I, I probably should have just thought about that all the way through. Just like think of it as doubt because mm. good cop, bad cop. It's more like you know how do I want to frame this this discussion, not like what I'm thinking about what you're saying. Mm. So yeah. I just thought it was a really bad way to re-describe it. Yeah, I don't understand that change. Obviously, I haven't played the new one, but when I saw that, I'm like, that's... Ha- like, unless they've reworked some stuff, no. which... It, like, didn't. that doesn't seem like it would apply in every situation. Exactly. So, yeah, it's a bit dude, weird in there some was, there was some, <laughs> And, I, like, I've got to also be careful about, like, what we're talking about, right? Don't but spoil, yeah. There was stuff where it's, like... Cause the, and this is kind of going off a little bit, but maybe we, we need to move on. But, you know, like, the, the game deals with really heavy, crazy, serious topics, sometimes very flippantly. Like, you know pedophilia and all this other kind of stuff it was just like oh just thrown out there like oh this is what it's one of the most adult adulty (laughs) games i have ever played and and why i'm bringing it up is because you know this whole truth doubt thing that kind of makes more sense but there's sometimes where you have to ask victims right of these crimes and you have to do the good cop bad cop thing and i'm like why would you do bad cop to like a victim of like you know, sexual assault or something. But yeah, I've looked at the answers and can. the answers were you were meant to do bad cop. Yeah. I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, because sometimes you need to be forceful with people. Yeah, but see, doubt makes more sense. It's like someone could say something and you're like, I kind of doubt what they're saying. Right? Or they're under, like they're stressed and Correct. you kind of like doubt their recalling of this. Yeah, but yeah. bad cop, like, are you really going bad cop on, well, on I don't an know. underage I, I, the, person? The, pro- the problem is the different things. That, you know what I mean? Like, Doubting someone is yeah. different than being a bad cop to someone. That's a yeah. point. That's it's a point. completely different. That's the thing. Things, That's yeah. why it's so, so stupid. Weird how they've like had to change them. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to go back to the adult themes. Man, this game like shocked oh, me. Like it's insane. <laughs> like the dead bodies and all this other kind of stuff, and like investigating the bodies. And I was yep, just like, the Whoa. racism. I mean, look, once, it's set in in the late forties, but still, once you get that, once, sorry, Mike, once you get no, to no, the no. arson desk, oh, that's insane. It gets some, worse. There's some unsettling stuff there. Wow. Okay, because it's pretty unsettling <laughs> as is, right? Pretty damn unsettling as is. I think overall, the arson desk in that whole run through is the worst. Wow. I'm looking. Well, I'm not looking forward, looking forward to that. Because as I said, it's like some stuff I feel like, I don't know, Swinny, am I being too aggressive? But it feels like a little bit flippant the way that they, I don't know, maybe the times were different 10 years ago. Maybe I'm looking at it from 2021. I myself. I I didn't. Yeah, I I think. I honestly think it's handled pretty well, but it's also been a while since I've played through the whole game. I think it's handled extremely well. Even like 2011, 2021 standards, it's an extremely well handled game. I, I think topics. there's one in particular, and I want I, like I don't want to spoil the game, right? But there's a situation where it's like someone's like you know fifty something years old, and they're mm. with a twelve year old in the game, right? Mm. And it's kind of like not really brought up as a like crazy thing. Like it, it's very like flippant, in my opinion, how they manage that that whole part of the case. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't hold back, in and the it game. shocked me. I was like, whoa, what the hell? <laughs> like, are we just moving on from this? <laughs> like, really? I don't know. The game's well, the, but the, the, here's the thing, though. It covers so many crazy topics like that. Yeah, that it's hard for it to go into detail of every single one because it, it literally the whole spectrum of police work and detective work and the crazy, horrible things that can happen from drugs to murder to 
I won't mention everything else. It, it covers pretty much the whole spectrum. Anything, so any crime, yeah, any crime. It kind of <laughs> it goes it goes there. I just can I, I just want to talk about the gameplay a bit and some of the mechanics. Yeah. So yep. we talked about the investigation mechanics, and he said, "Oh, there's some other stuff," but that's where I think it's important to to kind of look into because the game does move between the those investigation interrogation scenes and also like action set pieces so whether or not mm-hmm. it's a chase sequence in a car driving or if it's a, a shootout so this game actually has third person shooting combat and honestly it's not too bad like and fighting it's combat. Good. yeah and fighting well, well i was about shots. to get to that so oh, sorry, sorry. so the shooting combat it's actually handled it's pretty good um and but then yeah the hand-to-hand stuff just feels so shoehorned and so unnecessary it's not horrible but you like I don't, this game really didn't need this. And there's also a couple of, like, there is one particular section that is unfortunately a bit of a spoiler um, in the last desk in, in Arson that I think it's probably the low point of the game for me, but from a gameplay standpoint. But the great thing that this game does. Oh, I'm trying to actually think what you're talking about because I played through that. There's a chase sequence. No spoilers, there's a chase sequence. But yeah. Okay. But the, the great thing that this thing that this game does, and I've, I've got a first-hand account of it as well, is it allows you to skip any of those scenes. And I think, yeah, that's true. I think true. that is absolutely fantastic for the nature of this game because I know someone that actually was very interested in playing this game and, and really enjoyed it, but they're a very casual gamer. They're just like, I'm, I'm just not interested in doing the action part of it. They just wanted to do the be a, a detective. They wanted to follow <laughs> the story. That's awesome. And I think it's fantastic they added this in because when you think back to 2011, there weren't many other games that allow you to skip entire massive sections of a oh. game um, and only focus on like the story. Like Story mode wasn't really a thing for many games back then. So I think that that's a huge uh, credit to... Team Bondi or Rockstar, whoever made the decision Frank to Clinton, yeah. add that in, because it, it, I think, opened the game up to a whole range of group of people to experience. I the only best skipped parts one thing, one thing once. I was following <laughs> the lady, uh, yeah, because I kept, I, I, I had to do a mission where I was following a lady, and I kept getting busted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got busted a couple of times. So yeah. I'm not good at following ladies. I'm being <laughs> a creep. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah, I think we're all <laughs> supporters of when devs do these kind of things, like add mechanics in the game to make it easier for some people because I've always thought it's optional, right? Like, and I certainly wouldn't, I'm not a believer in forcing developers to do it or like having an issue if they don't do that, like Dark Souls, not having like a difficulty level. Like that's the choice of the developer. But if they do do that, then it's like, that's fine. doesn't bother me. And I kind of wish more games did it. I know really random point, but I kind of wish like Monster Hunter Rise had some kind of auto battle sort of ability. Because I know people that would play that game just to harvest and do all the stuff and, you know, craft and do all the crazy shit that you can do in Monster Hunter Rise, but they just will never get the action down, so they'll never play it. So so speaking of uh, skippable stuff, side missions, did you guys do many of them? No. Very no, Okay. So I did like 25 out of the 40. Oh, wow. I, mm. I did whatever I needed to do to get the completion pack then, so I'm sure that that probably included that all probably 40 involved, of them. That probably, probably involved... Everything. Most of them. Um, they were a little repetitive. But that, but that but actually reminds cool. me of a, um, a, something I really like about the game is that other than those action sequences, the game doesn't let you fail. No, in, you can. In the investigations, uh, really. No, like, no, no, you, you can't fail the investigations. You can screw up majorly and it changes some stuff. But Yeah, uh, but that's but not the same. Right. You can't really fail an investigation. The, the whole yeah. thing is 
it just but what it does is it just makes you feel like crap because you just yeah. feel stupid you're, an idiot. <laughs> you're like oh it's, man i got that so wrong wow you know? it's a weird game in that way because i at the end of the game oh, looked back out. and saw my status across all the cases and at the start i didn't know what i was doing and i have to say kind of partly i was playing the game in a dumb way like i didn't have sound on for uh, a bunch what? of the game at the start. <laughs> and the game actually relies on mm. sound a lot. Like, the game will give you audio cues when you've completed, like, all the all the clues, all the clues in a certain yeah. area. Yeah. Or even, you know, subtle clues when they're talking, you right. know. So, like, I was just going by the, what they were looking like and the words at the bottom. But that's so dumb. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. That, that, no, you need it. That musical cue thing, oh, my God, that would have... Yeah, that's so integral to this. Yeah, so I didn't have that. Super so, handy, yeah. But I was, like, going through the cases, failing them, completely failing them. <laughs> like, accusing the wrong person, everything, right? And then I just progressing. I'm like... At the, at the start, I have to admit, I was like, this game is so stupid. It's like, it doesn't penalize you at all. It doesn't give you a different path to go down or anything like that. And I honestly do think, even at the end, it's still clunky how it's just kind of like go to from point A to B to C to D and then you'll get through the case. So like Yeah, I find that I, I have to admit I found that even though I found the cases themselves interesting in their own mm. way, I found that a little repetitive. And again, I don't know if that's because of the DLC and the fact that it was padded out too much by the time we played this version of it. And you, it may not have suffered from that in the original. But I did find that after a while it kind of I'm like, all right, what am I investigating now? <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. Here we go. Same thing again. I got to do this. I got to interview this person. They're going to tell me some shit. Obviously, they're lying. Okay, here we go. What's this piece of evidence I got to do? So there was a bit of repetition like that, but I actually think it might just be because of it, the, the padding due to the DLCs that I think the original game didn't suffer from memory yeah. when I played it back then as much. Yeah, I definitely think the padding serves a detriment to the game. I, I would have liked... Yeah. Especially because it's forced. Yeah, I would have liked it to be like at a later date I can go through the DLC. Yeah. And it's kind of like, oh, cool. Like there's yeah. some extra missions that I can play after playing the main one because I'd look there and go, I feel like the the real game was kind of like, you know, what they'd made originally and all those extras are sort of... Because some of them were really weird the way that you had to get them. Yeah. It was like you had to buy it at GameStop in America to get that specific mission. It's like, they obviously did not care about that mission as much as the um, common main Might have been the mission I yeah. did that I I'm, didn't mi- like. I'm mindful of time. We've kind of already talked about that for a bit. Yeah. Um, so, I just I was just going to say, my last kind of call out for this whole thing is, uh, I think the game has absolutely fantastic music. Um, yes, I was going to say yeah, that too. I love very, the music. It is it. great. Um, oh, and part of so that cool. is they work the motifs into those musical cues. So it's actually like the music is also kind of almost inter- intertwined with the gameplay in a lot of ways. So. I want to listen to to the soundtrack. And it's one of the, one of the coolest soundtracks. And so unique because of the era. There's not that many games set in that era, first of all. It's got a really cool soundtrack. Yeah, the, the one thing, and I don't think we've mentioned it so far, is that in a weird way, this game is an open world game, but extremely linear game as well. Well, it's linear in the sense that it's it's linear if you... Um, so it, it doesn't have the same level of world detail, I think, as um, something like GTA. And the problem is there's nothing that requires you to go and just explore the world randomly. Like I've driven yeah. around just for the hell of it and stuff like that, but there's nothing to really... Well, it's open world is for... well. I think there might be some collectibles and stuff, but but the open world is for the setting. It's and just I for the love setting, that. Yeah. I love the fact yeah. that people you complained don't... about it. I think that's a 
a positive for this game. Oh, a massive positive. The fact that they just decided, like, they put in so much hard work just to make you feel like you're in, like, the 1940s LA. Mm. It's just fantastic. Yeah, and, they, and they've structured the whole city so you can go anywhere, and it's all the cases and the desks play out in different sections of the city, and it feels like a, a real kind of world. Like, it, it's really well achieved. And it's funny, but it's a bit similar to Alan Wake, where Alan Wake was originally meant to be an open world game mm. with a day-night cycle. And then they shelved that and made it extremely linear. But because they had the foundation of a kind of a real area where they've really thought about all the areas and how they connect, I think it really added to the game. And I think it adds to this game as well. It just... It does feel really weird, the fact that they've got this whole open world and you're kind of stuck on a very linear, you know, main quest structure with no real side quests. Yeah, there's no... You, you don't just go to a random question mark and mm. it opens up a new mission or anything. Yeah, yeah. You get a case and there's points of interest you have to go to between the case and within that case and that's kind of it. And you just drive around between that. Yeah. And look, like my last thing that I wanted to say about it is like it's a very fascinating game. It's well worth playing. It's awesome that it's an Australian game. Mm. Like you, I don't know. You, you know, I guess like uh, Hollow Knight would be up there, but it'd probably be up there as one of the greatest Australian games that was ever this made. One absolutely is, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, I think the, it's well worthy of being a nominee for the game of some totally. other year, twenty eleven. I'm so glad I played it again. There's a couple of really good cool things I wanted to touch on. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> hey, I, I, dude, what are you talking about? I pushed for <laughs> yeah. this game as well. I'm the only one that had it in my, in my list. Uh, when we did the shortlist. Well, I've got it in my shortlist. I'm looking through it right now. Was this the one that I said I, I'm adding it to the list just so I can play it? <laughs> no, anyway, anyway. I just wanted anyway, to just make that. So, one, one, a couple of really quick things um, is... That I no, wait a second. In- I'm looking at mine. I had it in mine, Swinney. Thank you very much. Mm, I don't I remember different. Batman, but- Arkham City, Dark Souls, Skyrim, LA Noir. Skyward Sword, Minecraft, Portal 2, and 3D World. Okay. Right. 3D Land. I remember differently, but I'll, I'll trust you on that one. You remember this. differently? I'm, I'm like reading from the list. I just said I'll trust you on that one. All right. He may have altered the list, though. Who no, knows? I did not. Maybe he maybe he altered the evidence. <laughs> Go on. Mm. What are your closing so, points? <laughs> a couple of really quick closing points. A number one that I found quite fascinating is that there's no Hollywood sign in the game, which is the iconic sign. It's called the Hollywood Land sign in the game. But that's what it was back then. What? In the 40s. That's, that's what it said. Did it actually say Hollywood Land? Are you yeah. pulling my leg or is that true? I'm like 95% sure. It used wow, to be called okay, the Hollywood Land. I thought it was because of copyright issues. They couldn't say Hollywood because the actual sign's copyrighted. We're yeah, look just looking at, yeah, yeah, it used to be Hollywood Land. Yeah, that's what I thought. Wow. Okay, cool to know. Uh, and the other thing, which we kind of touched up on, but I think it's really worth just just mentioning again, is the facial capture and the animations. To this day, it's still some of the best I've seen. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Like, by far, some of the best I've seen. The technology that they used, I feel like it hasn't really been used that well anywhere else. There's just It's, it's incredible, actually, even by today's standards. And I'm lucky because lucky. I've been playing it on, on on the Switch and handheld, so you know the resolution and the quality isn't isn't as much of an impact. But man, I was blown away how awesome the animations were it, for like a two, not not only for a 2011 game, but even by today's standards, it's insanely mm. good. I do find it funny that six years after this game came out, and this game gets a lot of shit. So I, unfortunately, I have to add to the pile. But 
you know, this game comes out, then six years later, so that's almost a whole generation of gaming, then Mass Effect Andromeda comes out with the facial yeah, animation. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, and it's unfair because, you know, one game is like probably yeah. the pinnacle of facial animations versus one's one of the lower ones. But No, but I feel like it's weird. They haven't really... I don't, I don't recall... And and Swinny, maybe you might remember this. If there's any games that have really used that kind of tech since, I mean, I don't know if this specific tech that Team Bondi uh, developed, but the I mean, there's certainly mo mocap. Being oh, done. of course there is. Um, but this particular tech and the way they've they've achieved it and how good it is, well, I feel like it didn't really go anywhere after that. Well, it's up. That is where you know, like. You could say that probably that was a vast time of their development went into probably this part oh, of yeah. the performance capture and everything like that was what the game was kind of heralded for, really. So, you know what? I reckon. I hope one day we're popular enough that we can get some of the people from Team Bondi, and we can do a retrospective on the game and get the, like pick their brains on the development of the game. And, I'd love to do that. And uh, why we never got to see Horror of the Orient. I know. That's, that's quite a wild title. <laughs> maybe one day. It's amazing it was announced day. like that. Um, yeah, no, it's a really, really good game. As we said, two weeks from now, we'll cover Deus Ex Human Revolution. We are halfway through the nominees. And then uh, I should have had the schedule up in front of me beforehand, but we will make a decision on the 13th of June dun, dun, 2021 dun. on what the best game of... We'll, we'll rank them all from first to six. So it's not just about the number one game. It's like, where will this game rank in the midst of those other games? How far behind Dead Island will it be? <laughs> <laughs> all right. That wraps us up for this week's show. As always, reach out to us at Big Week Pod or hit us up on the YouTube comments. Uh, we're getting pretty close to 150 subs on there. So that'd be pretty nice. cool when we tick that off. Uh, but with that said, bye-bye. See ya. Ciao.